This episode of Tapping In is brought to you, as always, by Contenders Clothing. Be sure to check out at Contenders Clothing on Instagram and use promo code TAPPINGIN20. Save yourself 20% of some of the coolest training underwear, t-shirts, hoodies, and shorts in the game. I wear mine all the time. Absolutely love it. Get a ton of compliments on it. Contenders Clothing. This week on Tapping In, we're going to be talking about what makes you happy How do you get happy? What is the importance of being happy? But before we get there, we're going to talk about equality in pay. We're going to talk about why Roy absolutely despises hip-hop music. And he personally insults one of my favorite hip-hop artists of all time. Further proving just how old and grumpy he really is. Love you, Roy. This is Tapping In, episode 53. What makes you happy? Sit back and enjoy the show. We're back. We are back. We're back. Took a little bit of a hiatus. We've actually been sitting here for two hours talking. Fucking amen, yeah. But, you know, we can't put that stuff on the podcast just yet. <laughs> it's a therapy <laughs> session. That's what it is. Roy's my new uh, my new therapist. That's right, baby. You know, I just I found another Jewish background. That's it. <laughs> They We're good for those things. They understand my struggle. They're like, I completely understand the struggle of a moil. And that's right. And we go back to our own peeps and we sit there and say, you should hear what this, this guy's talking about. Oh, you think you got it rough? <laughs> you should talk to Yitzhak down the street. His mother's not making the... Is that a real thing? All right. So let me ask you this. Do you think that my people are good at that sort of thing? At what? At like really sort of like dealing with people's heads. Aren't there other like ethnicities that handle the like puerto ricans are not good at like that sort of stuff no no <laughs> no is it a macho thing like what is it no I, I mean at least with my experience where like if you start talking to another puerto rican person about your problems uh-huh. they don't really hear it they just wait for your side be like mira mira you think you got it bad let me tell you something <laughs> that's what i'm talking about and then they just completely undermine everything you said where you're like you're right i'm just gonna suffer in, in silence which is not healthy. Yeah. It's not good. You got to get those things out. You got to be honest with people about the way you're feeling. I think a lot of it with, with people is that, at least with my kind, I, I guess we are very, very in tune and we're really interested in hearing about people's problems because I guess we got so many problems. Makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah, in a Hearing sense. somebody else's problems. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the Latin culture, it's different. Like we love to gossip because right. we love to gossip, but if somebody started like venting their personal issues... Seeing how bad somebody else that doesn't make us feel better. No, we gotta let you know how much worse mine is. <laughs> and so they try and it's one like, up. How dare you? I call those people one ups. Yeah. In other words, they and no matter what problem, no matter what you got, no matter what good you got, they yeah. always try and one up you. you know, you'll be like, be like, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? It's like, yeah, my fucking knee hurts. Hi, Mira. Your knee hurts. Let me show you something. <laughs> you see this ankle? I haven't been walking straight for fucking twenty five years. You want to talk about that pain? That sounds Mexican. That's my grandpa. Oh, you want to talk it? about pain? Hey, what's happening, guy? So my grandpa talks. That, that was... He comes in. I'm like, hey, what's up? He goes, hey, what's happening, guy? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening, guy? <laughs> so funny. He cracks me up. So Dominican, they have this sort of the poppy thing. Every, yeah, they got that. It's poppy. all so different. Like uh, like the Spanish coming from like the islands is always a little bit messed up just because it's, it's such a, a cluster of cultures and ethnicities yeah. and so many things that came through there, uh-huh. whether it be from trade or... You know, people don't want to talk about this, but like, you know, the slave ships back in the days, that's where they were yeah. port. Um, so, you know, it gets a little, um, it gets a little mixed up and dicey, but you know, the Spanish just gets very, uh, it gets very diluted. 
But now yeah. is that the same with like like Mexico? No, Mexico. Because Mexico is their own country for a long, long time. Mexicans, I find at least with my experience, um, and I'm not talking about like the guys you see like in the movies, like the uh-huh. like the California, L.A. Chicanos, but like real Mexicans. Right, right. Um, it's beautiful. It's clean. It's very pristine. It's very like crisp Spanish. Right. It's yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you watch like Spanish telenovelas. Like, there's usually Mexican actors, and right. they're very articulate. So I would say that Mexicans very, probably yeah, have, I get the sense that like there's a there's a great sort of like classy sort of like high end genteel Yeah, of course. That's every every culture. Yeah. But you know, if you if you meet a Mexican who's speaking Spanish and you talk to them, it's very understandable. It's very clean. It's yeah. very it's just you know, they talk Spanish the way people from central Jersey speak English. It's just mm. probably the way it's supposed to sound. Right. Now is there a pecking order? No, nah, everyone thinks theirs is the best. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, like like, I, like my neighbor was telling me, uh, this is my my uh, friend of mine, he was saying like, oh yeah, like the uh, Koreans think they're on the top and then the Vietnamese and the Chinese. And I'm like, yeah, what? I was going to say, I was like, the Asians have something very similar. It's yeah. like, I'm not Chinese, I'm Korean. Yeah, they, they, they get a little sticky. And how, and you better not fucking say, I can't tell the difference. They're be like, what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is funny because like when people, like for me, with Spanish people, if they can't tell the difference, I'm like, eh, I kind of get it. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I can tell the difference. Yeah. But that'd be like if you were, you know, like for example, like my wife. Okay. I'll put something on in 4K or HD or standard. She can't tell the difference. Right. And I'm right. like, you don't have She's refined eyes. She's with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I can. Yeah. But- She'll see like four little kids and she'll notice differences. I'm like, what do you mean? They're all, they all behave the same. She goes, mm, they're little towels. <laughs> because that's what she studies and wow. does. You know, a blue belt watching a jujitsu match goes, oh my God, those guys are so good. Yeah, But yeah, a yeah. black belt will be like, those guys are kind of shitty. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you see different things because you see it so much. You know, that's like the, I, I think Chris Collinsworth was saying like, he can't watch high school football games. It's too slow for him. Right, right, right. It's too slow. College football he can watch as long as it's like high level games and obviously the NFL. He's like, but the high school games are, are so difficult for him to watch because yeah. it's so slow and sloppy. They talk about that with like the NBA versus the WNBA. Let's not go down that path, Roy. No, I, I, but what I'm getting at, it's not so much that it's just a different level of athletic speed. There is. You, know. you can't say that there isn't. There is. Like I remember John McEnroe getting in trouble for saying like the the number one the woman's player would be like number seven hundred to the men or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, I, just I, and it's only really because of the speed. I saw something yesterday where it was like it was about like a, a transgender athletes, you know, transgender. Oh, the hockey uh, game. I, I guess I don't know what it is, but yeah, the, uh, competing against guy knocked yeah. out the girl. Yeah, but it was against competing. You know, so someone was like, you know, let's. Uh, they were like, I, 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 he, oh, it was a comedian. He goes, I love the idea of men transitioning to be women competing in, in women's sport. He goes, oh. I love it. He goes, I think we should support it. And then he follows up with, especially if I can bet on the sports. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> brings up a valid point. Well, the question becomes is like, like you get that guy, uh, Leah Thomas, that, uh, is that lady, whatever, Roy. Uh, don't anyway. be a bigot, Roy. That's a woman. No bigotry. <laughs> All I could say is, is this: getting to your betting comment is that he, you know, he's ranked four hundredth, and suddenly he's number one. Number so one. Yeah. So yeah, I bet on him in the race. Here's why that's not going to stop. It, it's not going to stop until women stop it. 
That's a great point. That's a really good point. The like, women have to stop yeah, it. As a man, I can't go in there and say this is wrong mm-hmm. because it's not my sport. Yeah, It's a woman's sport. So until the women can come out and say... Didn't Bill Burr say something along those lines? Bill Burr yeah. absolutely said something yeah. along those lines. I remember that. Uh, but until a woman can come out and say, this needs to stop. Yeah. But in order to do that, right? Here's where it becomes a problem. In yeah. order to do that, female athletes would have to admit that males are superior to them in the athletic realm. I think they do that. You really I think that they're, think they they're want delusional that. that way? I don't think they're delusional. I don't think they want to say it. It's remember, remember you back know, in the that day. I agree with yeah. Remember the Mia Ham, yeah, and like soccer. Michael Jordan. There was like this whole like debate, like anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that Gatorade did this whole thing, and it's like empowering women. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, absolutely. I love, I support female sports. I love watching female jujitsu. I love watching female MMA. Absolutely, I watch WNBA. I love watching softball when like the World Series. I support women's sports, but. There's a difference. There is. But as long as you... All right. I'll say this. Especially with MMA, I've seen some really, really outstanding female fights. And everyone from Ronda to, mm-hmm. you know, Nunez to... I mean, these are really exceptional athletes. Right. You but... Know? I mean, the, you don't want to put them in the ring with a guy. But. Well, that's the thing. It, it, there's nothing wrong with saying that people aren't equal. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. nothing wrong with saying men and women aren't equal. It We're used to not. be. We're not equal. Yeah. We're not supposed to be equal. Right. I can't create a human in my body. Yeah. And then birth it. I can't. Mm-hmm. Women can do that. Yep. Women can experience that fat. Like, I'll never have the connection with my kids that my wife does. Why? Because they literally lived inside her. She's known every movement they've ever right. made. That's a beautiful thing. Now, but what I'm getting at is that, like, do you think that women really, really want to be equal to men is there a crowd of women that like says yeah i think i can arm wrestle that guy yeah there's a crowd of women that think that and they're the same women the same but i think they're say a small they minority get, they should get paid as much as the men that, that uh, kind of the same thing but yeah. I, I think that's a but, small minority of women i think it's actually an agenda item though that that's being pushed by outside forces i agree with that because they want us talking about that instead of the real issues yeah that's what it is it's distraction it's the magician going look at my beautiful assistant meanwhile he's hiding the card in his sleeve right right that's all it is it's all distraction but i mean it's just basic economics like you know like the female athletes want to get paid as much as the men it's like you gotta look at the you gotta look at numbers yeah that's all it comes down to it's not about men or what it comes down to numbers who's putting asses in the seats that's it yeah it's that simple you want to get as much as the men make as much as the men Right, right do it yeah I think where it gets a little bit weirder is that when you get like some of these really, really exceptional actresses, like a Meryl Streep, for instance, mm-hmm. she's just as good as a De Niro, certainly. But De Niro, I guess, brings in more people to the theater. Is that the I don't deal? know how much they get paid. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. All right, you can talk about that, but let's let's talk about something else. Female porn athletes make way more than their male counterparts. Right, right. Way more. Most dudes don't get paid anything. Unless they do gay porn. Okay. Half the time, they got to bring in a chick and do a scene with her because they want to sign the girl and she'll be like, I'll only do my first scene with him. Right, right, right. So they me, get the, so, I will tweak that though because in Japan, I don't know if you know this, but like they say that like there's only like like six or ten decent male porn people. You know, more, more, pale, <laughs> more male porn actors and there's a you know, shit ton of uh, female porn actors and... Uh, in Japan. So do the males get paid a shit ton? I don't know. I don't Probably. know. 
They but I, I know they're in demand is my point. Yeah, but here's the thing. The females get paid more because that's what's in demand. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, there's always going to be, and we talked about this on one of the other podcasts because I was listening today and it came up. There's always a double standard. Absolutely. There's always going to be a benefit to something on one end or mm-hmm. another. And one person never an advantage that nobody else. Yeah. Always, yeah, yeah. no matter what you do, right. it's never an even playing field. And that's what makes it an even playing field. Yeah. It's unf- Everyone's got a handicap. Yeah. Find out what yours is. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And play to it. Yeah. People complain about shit all the fucking time. All right, let's get into the subject. Let's get going. <laughs> well, I, what I was going to say is this. like, I, I needed your advice on something, too. It's like, I don't know what the hell to do with myself these days. I, I wake up at like one in the afternoon, and I'm not trying to say this just to like say this like an asshole, but I'm thinking of teaching. Oh. What do you think of that? Teaching what? Like history. Why not? Like high school. I know why not, but I'm just saying, like, should I do it? I mean... I, I'm waking up every day doing nothing. I look at my wife, Pookie, what are we doing today? I'm going to the mall. I'm going to the mall. I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. And, and like, that's my day. And I'm just hoping that I have jujitsu at night. I say do it. Okay. What level would you teach at? Like High a, school. Really? Yeah. Would you like sub or you want to like actually I'm going to have to start subbing. Nick Milton, I spoke with him and he said, mm-hmm. you know, do that. And Jared was obviously like saying... Uh, you know just stick with the stuffing at first and just see how you like it but then here's the thing my buddy said well you're gonna have to get used to a couple of things that are going on out there Mm. and I said what and he's like well first of all you're gonna have to get used to having a boss again Mm -hmm. and I said I haven't had a boss in about 25 years so then he said that (laughs) may be a problem hi Royce I know it's your first day here but class does start at 745 (laughs) and I know you're here at 730 but we require teachers to be here by 7 you're like what time's my nap exactly and it's going to be someone who didn't go into college until you were already 30 years old well that's part two of this whole thing the other thing is I'm dealing with people a lot younger than me that are in the younger in the sphere and this and then the last thing you said that you got to worry about is like since covid kids are different kids are really really fucked up dude. they kind of are and i'm saying really i mean i deal with because i'm thinking about like the guys we know in uh, jujitsu these kids are the kids we have here in jujitsu are more stable because they've been training with people since you know everything happened right these kids Plus, they understand like being a meritocratic situation. Let me tell you something. I'm so glad we're getting on this. I'm going to be the grumpy old man this week. Nice. By the way, I heard I was a grumpy old man last week. I'm sorry, guys. I I don't know. I thought I was really rather funny, but uh. I I always think you're hilarious. (laughs) Okay. I was having a conversation with Tom about this, and which is why, like, like these these fucking young kids, (laughs) fucking everything, everything goes on Instagram. Everything's on Instagram. What have you done? What have you done? So I'm talking about, I'm like, Tom, you got to understand something. It's not just these young competitors. Yeah. I was like, it's everywhere in the world. Yeah. I was like, I still work in the private sector and I'm going to tell you a story. This is a true story. My job where I work, it gets very overcrowded. We have a lot of students coming in right now. There's a big hiring blitz going on. So we don't have enough room in the facilities at all times. And we have people that have assigned parking spots, directors, senior directors, right, right, right. you know, principals. There's a pecking order there. There's a pecking order. Okay. All right. I have a parking section. I'm allowed to park in the staff section. Don't park back there. 
but some people have their own parking spots. I'm working on getting my own spot. I want my own spot because that'd be fantastic. You, you got to sleep with the right people. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's not who you know, it's who you blow. The good thing is, you know, my my boss is uh he's an older, bald, white male, so I, I do can, well with that crowd. I can, uh, you know, they love me. Both of them are actually old, bald, white dudes. I know that crowd. You know, they love my hair. <laughs> I grow it out for them. I can relate to those people. You yeah, sure you can. They look like you, actually. Um, so, well, I'm getting a toupee, so it's, it's no, going to be a whole not. different thing. Stop it! You're not doing that. <laughs> My old man used to wear a toupee. Really? Oh. Well, now you can go to Israel and get like the hair implants. Oh, really? I didn't know uh, my uh, my folks are doing Ichael, that sort of thing. Ichael. Have we got another one? Get in here. Yeah, we've been working on this for years. Boy, where you been? So let me get the goddamn. Story sorry, out. brother. I'm sorry. These young king of tangents. So this this woman comes in the class. We have a, a multi-purpose room going on right now. We have okay. four classes who have to come in for this specific type of training. So a hundred students, like five instructors. She walks in. Now, irony: the class they were taking was training on de-escalation. Okay, perfect. Irony. She comes in and does not de-escalate the situation at all. Now, with that being said, I don't think she was wrong. Okay. I actually agree with her. So she's adding fuel to the fire There's not no de-escalating. Fire. There's no fire. Okay. She comes in and lets you know there's a fucking fire. <laughs> I got you. And I'm like, I agree with her. She right. should tell somebody. So she walks in. She's a director. She has an assigned parking spot. Mm-hmm. It is 34 degrees. This was two days ago. Very cold. There are no parking spots. So she had to park out in the guest parking spot. Oh, that's got to light her up. You're talking about a quarter mile. Wow. You're like four buildings away, right? She walks into the room. She goes, good morning. Does anyone here drive a silver Hyundai Sonata with New York plates? No one answers. (laughs) She goes, if you do, you are parked in a reserved spot. Move your car. And then she walked out. Right the fuck and now. I was like, ooh. I was like, who the fuck parked in her spot? One of these students goes, she needs to come back in here and take the de-escalation class. And of course, it got a chuckle. Good. I, you know, I heard that. I like good comedy. I heard that. And right away, I cringed. Because in my head, I was like, she has an assigned parking spot. Yeah. You don't even technically have the job yet. You're still a student. Oh, okay. You haven't even become a qualified conductor yet. This was Ursh? No. no. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even one of my students. My students know better. My students. And that's the problem. We're talking about adults. We're not talking about kids. Mm-hmm. These are grown adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she heard it. Oh, no. <laughs> and she took it as disrespect. And she was right. Yeah. The second she came in and complained... Everyone should have understood. I don't know who this woman is, but she clearly has a reserved parking spot, which means she outranks me in this job that I technically don't even have because I'm still a student. Maybe I should shut my mouth. All right. Because clearly I don't drive a Hyundai Sonata. So I did not know this yet. So about 20 minutes go by and they make an announcement on the PA system. Will the driver of a silver... Of a, of a purple, whatever, Hyundai Sonata, New York plates. Please move their car, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, oh, my God, she's really making a thing about this. And everybody laughs. I can't. When people are wrong, I can't. I, 
I come get from it. a jiu-jitsu background. I really background. get that, yeah. I come from a jiu-jitsu background. Yeah. You're a white belt, shut up. Yeah. Don't talk shit to the black belt. If you're a freshman on the freshman squad, don't talk shit to the varsity guy. Absolutely Just respect agree. the pecking order. Yeah. Know your spot. You're a rookie, carry the goddamn pads. Right. That's your job. You're a blue belt, mop the fucking mats. Dude, earn your rank. It's just about, it's not about being above anything or below anything. It's just understanding where you are in the pecking order. Yeah. And you can be like, oh, she thinks she's hot shit because she has a parking spot. No, but she's fucking done enough to earn her own parking spot right that on. says director reserved parking. So she's pissed because she had to walk half a mile to the spot. So they're all laughing. I chime in and I go, or maybe instead of saying, I can't believe she's so upset, understand why she's upset. There's a hundred students here today. There's nowhere to park. She's been with this company probably 20 plus years, right, earned right. a parking spot, and somebody took it. So now, on a day that she's supposed to park in her spot, there's no one that she can't and park it's there. cold out. She's got to turn back around, walk half a mile in the cold, and figure out who took her fucking spot. So instead of saying, I can't believe she's making a big deal out of it, understand it is a big deal. It is. And if you were in her position, you'd be pissed too. All right, so two things, two things. Number one, if you were the director, how would you have handled that? Same way. Okay, so you would have... Uh, I probably wouldn't have come in as firm. Right. But I would have, what I would have done is, because I've done this before. Um, I've Put gone, people in their places. Well, what I do is I lie. I'll say, hey, does anybody here have a purple? And instead of saying like, oh, you're parking a spot, I'd say, your car is smoking. Or they're towing it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. Right, right. And then when they get there, I'm like, yeah, move your fucking car. All right. So the second part of that is, is that a societal thing? Is that the point you're making here? It's 100% a society thing. Because then here's what happened. It became a thing. Okay. She then went to one of her coworkers because she works in a different department. Right. That person said she she wanted to figure out who's in that class. Who is that? Right. They're like, well, that's this department. They got a hold of my senior director, who then got a hold of the director, and before you know it, put we the were, hammer down. We were having a staff meeting. Wow. The problem was the instructor of that class defended the student, and I looked at her and I was like, "No." I was like, "You're wrong." She's like, "She came in there all hot and yelling." I was like, "She was not yelling, and you're wrong." I was like, "You're too biased with your own students because you don't want them to get in trouble because it's a reflection of you." I was like, "You're the parent." whose kid is putting salt all over the table, who says, don't worry, the waiter will clean it. That's his job. No. Teach your kid how to behave. Right, right, right. And I told my boss, I was like, I was there. Here's what happened. He was wrong. He should be taught to shut up. All right. So as as so what we're saying is that in the society nowadays, it People seems like they're, they're, they're placating these sort of young... It, it, I, like when I see the shit that goes down on college campuses boggles my mind well, it, that it, a college administrator cannot say to a student shut the fuck up or get off my campus right and it, they don't seem to want to do that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier everyone wants to play this we're all equal we're not yeah we all have roles we all have this ranks it's not freaking communism here it, 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 we're not equal we're not right i like, absolutely agree i have a successful academy guess what there's things i'm not going to say to tom cuz guess what we're not equal mm. he's done more do I want to accomplish the things he has? Yeah, absolutely. But my job is to be like, well, Tom, I got a successful school. No. Know your place and learn. When there's a time to speak, I will. But when there's a time to listen, you listen. When there's a time to be quiet, 
be quiet. The problem is everyone thinks they have the right to open their mouth and talk whenever they want to. Not the case. Learn the value in shutting the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Because if he says nothing, then nothing happens. Well, the moment's goes, over. I go back to that in terms of just like... He had to take it personal. It, well, yeah. Not, I can't believe someone dared come in this class and speak like that. It's not about you. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. I guess that goes back to sort of my bugaboo as far as like, I, I you know... You're bugging what? You're bugging who? And don't you see it? Keep ain't going. Cool. Let's go. Keep it's going. Beyonce. That's oh, Destiny's that? Child. <laughs> you don't know about Destiny's who Child. Who are they? No, I actually do know it. them. I do know them. No, what I was getting at is that, like, you know, it goes back to sort of like, I don't, I feel weird when kids call me by my first name. It's the right. same sort of like, I get that weird sort of, you know, you know. Like, I should be called Mr. Abramson or sir. But I don't want to do that in class. In class, I'm totally fine with it. But out and like with neighbors, they better be calling me incorrectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm like that with the, with the professor thing. Like, on the mats, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, just call me professor. Right. But off the mats, I'm like, don't you dare call me professor okay but all the mats is like you gotta call me professor but even that i'm kind of like eh, it is what, like i don't mind like if someone calls me coach i don't mind that because for me i'm like that's american culture like coach yeah, is yeah, coach yeah. you know the professor thing is very old school brazilian stuff but if someone's like hey coach i'm like yeah to me that's the same thing but do you get like if there was a 10 year old and that called you by your first name wouldn't you get a little weird not in not in our school i'm talking about just in real life like let's say your neighbor's kid no because you know what my wife's friends call me well they call me uncle miguel so oh so there is sort of an honorific before your name like like my uh my neighbors they call me mr roy yeah i get it that i can deal with yeah no yeah i get it i I need some kind of honorific i'm that shallow we've just lost it dude and the problem (laughs) is like we try to get rid of it like oh don't call me mr that was my father's name like we really try to get cool but then you know, you give a finger, they're going to take the hand. It's just the That's way it the is. But the best thing is when I, like, the kids are so not used to getting that. Like, there's, I got a buddy of mine whose daughter oh, wants oh, to call dang. me Roy all the time, and she's like 12, and I'm like, I won't answer her. And I, you could just see like the cognitive dissonance going right. in her head. Well, and that's the other thing too, like sticking to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not only do they not understand it, to them, you're the asshole. That's what just, just like to this student. I probably am. But you're not. <laughs> no, you're not just setting a standard yes. that they're not used to living with. That's true. You know what's it called? Oh, accountability. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Honor. Respect. What That's about what like like? I'm I'm finding like a lot of kids don't say thank you and please anymore. Oh, my kids definitely do. Mine too. My That's son because, was raised that again, way. Again, you know whose fault that is? It's not the kids' fault. It's, it's the, the parents' parent. fault. Yeah, no doubt. It's the parents' fault. I used to go to three-second rule. My kid grew up with this. Three-second rules. You have three seconds to say thank you. Otherwise, I take your gift away. Whatever you got, if you don't say thank you within three seconds, it's gone. I like that rule. It's a good one. You could steal it. I'm stealing it. (laughs) I'm stealing it. All right. So we got the teaching thing out of the way. Uh, I say do it, Roy. Yeah. You might change lives. I'm going to give it a ride. I think I could. I really, I'm all bullshit aside, I, I, like, I think I got something to say to kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably. And like, you're not going in there like, I've been a teacher for 30 years. You're like, what's up, guys? No, I'm, I'm in there. I'm going to tell you the real life. Here's how the world really works. I think of myself as like Batman in that sense. Vote I've, red. I've got money. Yeah, right. I've got money in the bank. I've got a really, really cool jujitsu background. It's like, I think I'm a pretty cool dude. Yeah, they'd listen. You know? I'm hoping they would. You'd be like, yeah, I got a podcast. And then they'd listen and be like, holy shit. 
See, I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell them that I have a podcast. You don't tell like, them right away. You sneak. I'm sneaking in there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like that's what I do at work. Because I have discussions at work all the time. They're like, "Man, Miguel, you have a lot of like." Insight. But you're not afraid like they're going to view you differently, or like I hope they do because you're being really honest in this podcast. I hope they do view me differently. Okay, and by differently, I hope they view me as an actual person and not just their instructor at work. Okay, it's like Fair let's enough. peel that away. This is who I really am. Because then you know what they start figuring out? They start figuring out what are my pet peeves. They start understanding my perspective on things and why certain things bother me. Right. So I know for a fact that my students are going to listen to this one. And they're going to understand that when I yell at them for for talking too much, it's not just you. It bothers me in the world. Know your place. Yeah, it's the same thing with the the students here, though. You know, everyone knows we're doing a podcast and you're doing a podcast. It's like like just you're letting your real emotions out and your real opinions out on things. Nothing yeah. is being hidden here. No. And then it sets the tone for when they come in. Cause they know professor doesn't like that. <laughs> and the old jerk off that's bald is not, yeah. he don't like, like where's, being where's PBR? Where's PBR? Yeah, right. All right. So let me, let me get to the main point of this whole thing. I, I listened to Nas. Nas. Nas, Nas, Nas. I know it's Nasir. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know that his parents left him when he was 11 years old. I know he never got an education beyond the seventh grade. Okay, well, not, I, not a school education. I did a little bit. Of, I did a little bit of background on on the. Uh, on you the, didn't like him. I'm getting the. I'm no, getting no, the tone. No, no, you no. didn't like him. Uh, no, no, no. Let me just. You know how I feel about the music. Yes. Okay. It's redundant. It's. I don't see talent there. Whatever. Who cares what an older guy's opinion is? I. I get that people dig rap. Okay. That's fine. I'm talking about the message, though. Mm-hmm. All right. There was one song I listened to, something about New York, New York State of Mind, or something like mm-hmm. that. Or, okay. It was almost like listening to a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm really giving the guy compliments here because what the way he spoke. That's what I told you. I was like, you forget that he's rapping and you're hearing a story. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's really real. And I just the the only problem that I had with it, and maybe you can kind of clue me in on this whole thing, is that. Is the message a good message for kids? Is it, is it, I know he wants to speak honestly, and I know he wants to tell you how it really, really is, you know, where he came from and this and that, but is that a good message? Because it really sounds like every one of his freaking, and I've listened to 15 of them now, they all sound like he's like a victim, complaining, you know, uses the N-word constantly, which really, really bugs me. Well, I think, I don't think it's so much complaining, because um, you can hear complaining, uh, like I hear more complaining in like, you know, white punk rock bands. Like they're whining. Yeah, no, I feel they're the same whining. way. With what Nas and what's happening with hip hop, good hip hop, is they're not just telling. They're telling their culture. This is what we're seeing. This is what I see. Okay. And because here's the thing: the the reality is a lot of you know inner cities and black culture, you know, does get for the longest time at least would get gaslighted. Okay, you would say, enough. here's what's happening in the hood. And be like, nah, it's not that bad. Or politicians so, would like rev them up about different yes. problems to vote for yes. me. I'll solve that problem for right. you. And obviously it never so got that's, solved. That's them saying, I understand your plight okay. and I see it too. So you're not alone. Okay, But fair then enough. at the same time, they're also telling other people, hey, this is what's happening in the hood. This is why people are like, oh, NW- NWA was telling you what was happening in Compton. No, I get that. I get so that. So that's it, it. It's a message that wasn't being heard, that is now 
being spread in an in an artful form through spoken word. Okay, so let me tell you the other place that I came, or the other conclusion that I came to this, because I know as a kind of a student of, of the world. As we're talking, sense, like I have like Nas songs like in my head. That's like, cool. My head, that's like, cool. Fuck yeah. What I'm saying is that like every community, every tribe, every ethnicity in the United States has a group that does not want to assimilate. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have the Orthodox Jews. There's, uh, you know, the guys with the, the long hair and the beards, that crowd. There's the Amish. There's um, the Barrio crowd, I guess, in, in uh, Los Angeles. There is that faction of people that do not want to kind of assimilate and become part of the American sort of melting pot. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what a lot of this sounds like to me. Just a lot of, listen, we want to stay in our own thing. We don't want to be fake. We don't want to be, you know, considered to be part of the man. We don't want to be, you know, white, if you will. That's what I kind of got out of a lot of his lyrics. And that's why I get out of a lot of a lot of rap. Well, I think with Nas, Nas was also trying to uplift the black community and get them to start but supporting each other. it doesn't sound at all. You got to listen to the message within the message. I, I and here's the thing. So, if man, you've just seen it, like you got to remember, like, I grew up in Trenton, too. So... I understand the things he's talking about. I'm okay, like, yeah, fair it. enough. The gunshots, the the shitty, the the crappy schools, the the. What the... songs did you listen to? I'll tell you. You got right fifteen. Now. Let me hear them. Okay. Oh shoot! <laughs> Hang on, I wrote it in my phone. So, just vamp a little bit. Did you? This up. So, so here's the thing with someone like Nas, you got to listen to the whole album. Like if you jump around from song to song, I just it can picked get... the number one song on each of it. He's got fifteen uh, CDs. So oh, I, God. I, I listened to 15 songs. That's wild. That's, That's impressive. You listen to 15 songs, though. Dude, so you listen to about an you uh, asked about me an, to. About I did an hours worth of Nas. Okay, if I ruled the world, great song. World is With yours. Okay, world is yours. New York State of Mind. Uh, Hate me now. Shoot 'em up. Ether. No ideas. Original. The one that gave me the douche chills though was I can. Uh, I I just wanted to vomit. Well, when I was listening to that. that. That song, he needed something it's, for the radio. It's just so G A Y. Oh, you are fucking. You're getting canceled. <laughs> well, you're I don't want to be like last week. He said, "Oh, Roy didn't get his nap." No, <laughs> I'm well, just listen, telling you, man. They're gonna it have, just felt douchey. Listen to that song. I don't like that song. I mean, the kids like talking. It's very like, cheesy. It's really cheesy. It's a and, cheesy it's like, song. and here's the worst part: they took a really beautiful piece of classical music called Feralise, mm-hmm. and he made it a crappy song. Out but of you that. realize how you say like hip hop is like all repetitive beats, but like the most mm, famous it was songs are so all redundant. Just, but all these songs are are repetitive. Oh, yeah, if you want to get like, to that. Like, it's all just redundant. I was so. having this conversation about a dude that's like busting on Elvis, and I'm saying, dude, Elvis was a one in a million Elvis kind was of the fucking king. I mean, this dude Elvis really, the... really pushed boundaries. And he's like, no, no, he cheated. He, he took it from this guy. He took it from that no, guy. Like, he, he no, fucking, he you, took shit that nobody would have ever heard. Exactly. And he never, ever claimed it for his own. Ever. Exactly. He would always say where he got it from. And. Elvis, for as much as people want to say he appropriated from the black community, he Elvis was bringing shit. awareness to the black community. Exactly. Go listen to fucking In the Ghetto. He was saying what Nas was saying, but he was saying it as a white man. Yeah. He's like, listen, I see what... That's why the fucking black community loved Elvis. Because like, thank yeah. you. You see what we're doing. Now, yeah. with that being said, I'm not a big fan of the victim mentality. Oh, I'm blaming God. everything. So but, let me just say this last piece, though. So I'm talking to the guy, and he and I, I brought up he brought up Elvis. He stole this and that. And I said, dude, 
I'm telling you from a songwriting perspective, Elvis is way ahead of the, uh, the crowd. I mean, way ahead of the it. entertainment that this guy did was so far ahead of his peers. It's like untouchable. And I said, if you really want to get down to it, like by saying everything is stolen, bullshit. Everything comes from Bach anyway. B-A-C-H, if everyone that doesn't know what that is. Bach. The, the most amazing you know, songwriter of all time in my book as far as like making music and harmonics and this and that. And I said, dude, come on. It's all coming from there. Well, that's so. the thing with music too. Like, uh, for example, I remember when I was a kid, uh, when Justin Timberlake first came out, mm-hmm. well, let's keep going. Justin Bieber came out and people were like, oh, he's like Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, oh, yeah. they're like, oh, he's trying to be uh, like, sure, Usher. And they're like, oh, exactly, I was just yeah. trying to be Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's trying to be James Brown. Right. Oh, it, there's always someone that yeah. did it that inspired. But if you take away that other person, the person mm-hmm. you're talking about never exists. Yeah, the Jenga comes collapsing. Yeah, you can take away Michael Vick. You eliminate Michael Vick. You change football. There is yep. no more mobile quarterback. And Michael Vick came from a Randall Cunningham. Yes. Who came from a Fran Tarkenton. Who yes. came from, you know what I'm saying? There's inspiration. Don't call yeah. it stealing. Standing on the shoulders. They giants that's it man yeah. everyone's gotta be mad at somebody that's what it is bro. i love nas i'm gonna let, i'm not gonna let you down talk him anymore i get what you're saying <laughs> i didn't though. down talk him i have mucho appreciation so what, for what, what he's would saying. you I just want hate the message to, what's the what's the message that he's getting though the is that he's giving or, or that, that he's, he's giving what is the message you think he's giving that you can't get out of your circumstances i disagree okay you and, are you are such an anomaly to the american experience that you can't get out of your own rut but that's this is what you have you to can't understand. escape your blackism as if you will but here's what you're missing with that you're only hearing the message you're not paying attention to the messenger fair enough because his presence alone while saying those things is saying i did what you did mm-hmm. but look at where i'm at okay so let me let me throw something at you charles barkley actually talks about this okay he says when he goes to a white school he says Okay, how many, he says, raise your hands, how many kids want to be uh, doctors? How many kids want to be, you know, accountants? How many kids want to be this or that and the other thing? Legitimate jobs. He goes, when he goes to a black school, he says, how many kids want to be basketball players or football players or athletes? All the hands come up. All the hands come up. And they're just, unfortunately, and I, I hate to say it, it's, it's just, it's really being taught that you have diminished expectations for these kids. And it's such a shame. But it's not just being taught by the schools. It's it's, being taught by society. Forget society. I mean, I'm just saying. Turn on the news. uh, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But the kids are getting this pumped into them. And it's such a shame. But that's what you see. I agree. That's what you see. Yet they vote But they're voting for the same people year in, year out. I think it's more than just the politics. There are kids. uh, There was a story that I read the other day. Like these four best friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're from like Compton and they all got scholarships to Ivy League schools. Right. I remember that. Right. It was this big deal. But you had to go hunting for this article. Right. Mm. But everyone can tell you who the next great running back coming out of college football is. Exactly. So if I'm a if and and I've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Someone that looks like you and has a name similar to you will resonate with you. It's going to carry a little extra weight. Absolutely. So we're not but glorifying. But isn't it too far a, a, a star to, for them to attain? I mean, there's just so many rap stars. There's just so many athletes. That, 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 
it's too few. Well, now with rap, anyone can be a rap star. I get that, but it's like, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Ben Carson, for instance, in the community that comes out and just is, is a Johns Hopkins surgeon. But who talks Why? about him? That's my point. I'll and, tell you another thing, and I had a conversation. exactly my point. I had a great conversation about this with uh, with Nate Jackson, who just won a, uh, the, he just became a World Cup champion uh, for wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he has an organization called uh, the BWA, Black Wrestlers Association. And we've talked about how these, you know, these young black males don't realize that they can go to college for free with wrestling. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. It's not, okay, I see what you're saying. It's not talked about right. in the black community. It's football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. And he's really trying to spread like, hey, maybe you're not a football player. Maybe you're not, you know, six foot one or six foot six. You're not built for that. But there's a sport you can do. They can get you into college and get you a degree. Well, why does it have to be sports? Well, because you know what I'm well, he's a wrestler and that's what he does. He's not a fucking physicist. <laughs> no, what I'm getting at is that like it doesn't have to just be athletics. It doesn't just have to be athletics, but if you're going to... He's using his platform. Right. His platform is he's a collegiate wrestler. He wrestled at University of Indiana. Right. Um, and now he's a coach over at Princeton University, an Ivy League school. And it's like, hey, there's other options. Right. You can't just pull the ripcord and be like, these are all the options in life. Because kids aren't going to believe it. They're like, I don't believe that shit. That's I what I'm getting I don't at. Fucking, do they, do dude, they not believe I don't, it? Why would you? I don't see any any doctors with my last name. I haven't seen a Dr. Gonzalez. You know where I've seen my last name? On the fucking pitcher's mound. Okay, fair enough. I, so I, I was going to actually get into the uh, so Hispanic community. That, listen, for see, the longest time, I'd, even something like football, Like I knew, I was like, there's no Puerto Ricans in the NFL. Right, right, right. They don't exist. Yeah, you know there were, I think a there were more Jews in the NFL. You do. Than the you got more. You know, so you know it, it, it's what we're you the see. Best. It's what you see. Okay, and, and you become a product of what you're seeing. You're gonna. Is that does that make you sad though? Like thinking about other kids that are really, really like being pumped with diminished expectations. I don't think it's diminished expectations. I, I just think that's what they've seen be successful, so that's what they're gonna follow. Okay. You know, I don't see too many Jewish kids trying to be going be quarterbacks in the NFL, but a lot of them are becoming accountants. Jay Fiedler. I'm just saying. <laughs> the just saying, one and only. <laughs> every time I go to a doctor, it's a lot of birds. Oh, wait, Josh, uh, Josh Rosen, too. Yeah, Josh Rosen. Yeah. <laughs> How did his career go? You asked. How did his career go? Rex Grossman. That's not a lot, though. You're naming three. <laughs> three. <laughs> and we can talk about, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson's black. Neil deGrasse Tyson actually wrestled at Harvard. Did he really? I didn't yeah, know. Okay. he did. Captain of his high school wrestling team. I love team. that dude. I love that dude. He's a, it's a black guy. Good dude. But he doesn't get glorified in the black community. Okay. I, I guess what I'm getting Athletes at is Athletes don't get glorified in the Jewish community. I guess what I'm getting at is this. Is it's like there seem to be expectations of different types. And I just want every kid to know that it, the world is their oyster. And yeah. not bullshit. Not the guy, you could be anything you want to be. I'm talking about like real deal. You work hard. You, you know, you, you, you kind of join the assimilation crew. The best way to do that, American though, do it. is to lead by example. Okay. You have to show them how to do it. And one thing that someone like Nas has done and Jay-Z, Jay-Z hasn't dropped a, a hip-hop album God knows how long. All right. But you know what he's doing? He's buying businesses. He's investing. I love it. Jay-Z Jay was one of the first rappers to talk about being an adult. He said, no chrome on the wheels. I'm a grown-up for real. Okay. That was him saying, don't spend your money on 20 of dreams just it's not necessary okay it's not necessary to do that so then let me be a little devil's advocate on that one then here we go okay 
why does he have to speak in that kind of lingo? Why not speak in an assimilationist lingo, which well, is what really does well in the corporate world? Because he's he's sitting in a song. I get it. I get that. But I'm just it's saying we're song. talking about if he's a role model, he should be talking. Let these kids join in, assimilate in the American dream, you know, live the right life, get married, have kids, you know, true happiness kind of thing. Get a get a good college education, boom. I just don't see the message. I think. Am I being stupid about this? I don't think you're being stupid about it. I think you have the same problem that all older white people have. Forget the white. The, no, but it's, white, it's no, 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 thing. no, no, no. But it's a real thing because you're not seeing the message because Dude, there is. It's terribly sad. I don't think it's a sad message. Okay. You got to remember. I also went to public school in Trenton, where the big word was if. Okay. If you graduate, if you go to college. That's if, a great point. That's okay. a real thing. That's what so I'm saying. That's why I say it's not just about the government. It's it's something that's ingrained in you. And then when I moved to South Brunswick, it became when. When you go to college. When you, right. That word is huge. It's huge. That's my so, point. That's, that's exactly my point. You have to spread your message in the way it's going to be understood. So if you're trying to tell these kids, like, hey, you know, this is what you could do. You could pursue a career in this. Well, you can't be like, hey, young young whippersnappers, here's what we're going to... They're not going to listen to you. <laughs> okay. But if you come out with a B and say, and they're gonna be like, oh, shit, it'll sit to them. Just okay. like it's no different than when Eminem made a whole album just complaining about his mom. You know who that resonated with? Angry fucking white kids in the suburbs. Okay. Like, yeah, fuck my mom. And he said it in a way that they would understand. Okay, so they understand get your message it. across. They understand I wouldn't it. speak Spanish to a group of people that only understood English. <laughs> okay. And say, well, why did he say it in that language? English is a beautiful language. Well, let me... Let they me, don't fucking speak English. So let me throw this at you. Giving them the way they understand it. So Eminem, he sits there, he complains about his upbringing. Yes. At, no matter how real or not real it was, I'm not, yes. I'm not really getting at that point. What I'm getting at is, is how will that resonate to a kid? Will the kid say, I'm going to walk into a corporate office and I'm going to start talking this way. Will that get him advanced? No, man. No. It's, it's, here's the thing. You're, and I love you, but you're very focused on how they're delivering it. Okay. You're focused on the words and the beat, and but why rap it that way? Oh, can't he just say it in a <laughs> That's song? Not what why I'm can't saying. he do it like Neil Diamond? He's beautiful, that man. <laughs> no, right. But the thing is, you've got to. Here's the thing: okay. I speak to you very different than I would speak to Manny and Max. Right, I get that. I speak to the adults very different than I teach the kids' class. Okay, why? Because I want the message to get through, and sometimes you have to deliver it in a way that they're going to understand. Fair enough. Now, when you deliver that message, it's not just about complaining, although sometimes it's gonna fucking happen. Right, right, right. Uh, who's the guy that shot Lennon? He read what? Catcher in the Rye? Chapman. Read, yeah. Mark David Chapman. He read, what, what do you read? Catcher in the Rye? No, you're thinking about John Hengley who read uh, Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. And then he shot at Reagan. Yeah. It's like, oh, I gotta fucking kill this book. Yeah. You know, there's kids who said they listened to Marilyn Manson and they're gonna fucking shoot their parents. Right, right. But sometimes... And especially with young kids, this is the thing that happens with adolescents and teenagers. And this is something that I really try to do when I'm coaching the teens class. When you're at that age and your hormones are going crazy, you literally think you're alone. You think okay. you're the only That's person that has point. those feelings. You're the only person that feels that way. Nobody understands you. Your parents definitely don't fucking understand you. Your parents are going through their own shit. They don't get me. Your dad wants you to play football, but you're not interested in sports. You like fucking art. Right. You don't get it. Okay. Nobody. And then here comes this fucking artist, this adult. Right. 
reaches through all the gets din, all the bullshit, yeah. and drops and a, hits the message drops right a hit, in your ear. Fucking drops a pop album, right. a pop song. We're like, oh, this shit's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then as you start listening to the album, you start realizing, I'm not the only one that feels this way. And then you find comfort in knowing there are people like you. Just like on these jujitsu mats, everyone's completely different. But you com- you find comfort in finding a tribe and somebody who says, I see your struggle and it's going to be okay. Right. Look at me. Okay. No, no, I get that. I really, really, truly get that. But what my point is, is you figured out in your life, and I'm sure it clicked in your mind at some point that I'm, I got to get a real job. I have to make it in the adult world. I can't have super long hair. I can't have, you know, just a weird way of speaking and this and that. And sooner or later, you have to assimilate is my point. Yes, but so I'll give you a perfect example. I was a young teenager when these guys were very, you know, relevant. Right. And I had to listen to their message. And there were Did you take it with a grain of salt their message? You have to because they're characters. Bingo. That's what I'm talking about. They're characters. About. And these these kids take that too. Like they That's understand what I'm like I can't about. take it. Like these kids understand, like, listen, uh, maybe I can become very good at rhyming and rapping and I can make some money doing this. But sometimes you hear just enough to be like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do that. You know, there's you know, Eminem, he had that, you know, his one hit song is like, you know, what would you do if you had one chance, one opportunity? Right, right, yeah. You know, did that mean I was gonna go fucking go to a to the shelter <laughs> and have a freestyle rap battle? Right. No, but it's like, you know what? There's some truth in that. Sometimes in life that, you yeah. do get one opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when Nas was saying, If I ruled the world, you know, if I ruled the world, I would do this. Imagine. And that's like, all right, he's talking about what he would imagine his world being like. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his plight. But what are the things that I don't like in my life? What if I could get rid of those things? And you're like, you know what? I can get rid of some of those things in my life because I do rule my own fucking world. Right. It forces you to think. When you're saying that people listen to this and take it for black and white, here's what it is. You're actually limiting the intelligence of the person that's actually listening. Okay. Just like... Someone can read a book and be like, oh, that, you know, Twilight's real. I'm going to find the man that sparkles like diamonds. No, but you can take something out of that message and apply it Oh, I get the whole idea of allegory. I totally agree with you on that. What What I'm truly saying, though, is that I want them to get that message and not use it to say, oh, fuck it, my life is never going to get better. I don't think that's the message they're getting. I hope not. I hope not. I really, really do. I know a lot of very successful people that listen to Nas. I'm sure there are. I'm not they were that. inspired and motivated. I'll give, you, I'll, by give you, I'll give you something from sort of my time frame that that where I think I'm kind of speaking the same language. There are like, uh, gosh, I mean, there are so many of these sort of left wing '70s hippie bands. Yes, you know what I'm saying. That spoke about like the the shit that went down and like uh, Four Dead in Ohio. You mm-hmm. know that kind of thing. I don't know if people know these songs, but anyway. Not our crowd. We it's the same there. message, though, that we got. But sooner or later, you grow up and you say, these guys are fucking childish and they sound childish and their solutions are stupid because that's not the real world. And I understand the idea of allegory, but I'm just trying to say that, I, you know, it's not helping me. Well, and here's the other thing I'm going to say to you, too. If statistically, if you look at hip hop, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times once those artists become successful their career's over 
that's but it's the same thing with rock and roll like mm -hmm. like even a guy like springsteen he talks about being a blue collar worker you know grew up tough poor whatever the whole thing was and now it just looks like hypocrisy when he still talks like that, that right. this guy's a multi-gazillionaire. Right, but they can still do it. He can still do it. No, you know? no, no. Yeah. I don't take him seriously. But, you know, fifty cent, about 50 Cent can't do it. He doesn't even try to do it anymore. Right. So, all right, so that's a great point then. So as an artist, you have to like move your message. Well, you have to adapt. But a lot of guys don't. You know? They can't. They well, can't. Well, I mean, Nas was a multimillionaire after his first or second CD, from what I understand. Probably it after really the second. Hit. He had a lot of legal battles, too. Okay. And you got to remember, he also came up at a time where, you know, especially with hip-hop, you know, the, the record label was taking a lot of money. Right, right. So you're not really making much off of album sales. Um, you're making it off of the touring. And Nas had a great story. Um, he said he saw Prince right. at, a, at an event. And he's like, hey, Prince, like, you know, big fan. Right. And he goes, oh, you know, I'm a big fan of yours as well. He's like, you know, I would love for us to do something one day. And he was like, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you own your Prince? And he goes, what? He goes, your music. Do you own it? Right, right, right. And he's like, no. He said, Prince laughed and said, call me when you own the rights to your music. Yeah, that's the real money. And Publish Nas me. said that that conversation hit him. And he realized like, oh, shit, he's right. Yeah, I'm writing these well, a songs. Lot of artists I'm selling that out. these albums, yeah. uh, but that's why the the record industry right now is fucking dead. Well, it's been that that sort of like business arrangement. I mean, even did you ever see the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Okay. Their first three albums, Queen was being paid nothing, and yet their manager was driving around in a Rolls Royce, yes. and that's when they said, "What the fuck is going on yes. here?" It wasn't until their fourth album that they started making money, and they had huge hits prior to it. Well, TLC it's been going on for a long time. TLC literally declared for bankruptcy. Yeah, they had so, platinum selling records. Yep. And they declared for bankruptcy because it was all based on that point system and how much album right. Made. But nowadays, you don't need the record label. Right, you can create your own. You can uh, create world. your own. Yeah. You can put everything on SoundCloud. Yep. You can do whatever you mm -hmm. want, and it's very similar to what MC Hammer was doing. MC Hammer kept the rights to a lot of his songs and continued to make money. Right. People think he's he's poor. He's not poor. He just filed for bankruptcy. Which is probably a genius to, business to move. protect himself. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I can't pay these bills anymore. See you later. Well, that's what this jerk off Sam Bankman feel. I don't know if people follow that. The whole FTX. thing with TM, uh, TRX, FTX, FTX. Thank you. TRX is what I don't Gordon. Even, I don't even follow that. That shit. The guy's such an asshole. Yet here you are talking shit on Nas. How fucking dare you? <laughs> did you? What did I say? How that's talking you? shit on him. Seriously, you don't like the message. I get it. And I get no, why no, 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 no. I maybe I should say the message hasn't grown. Is my point. What does it tell you that the message is still the same? Spike Lee said something great. Redundancy, that's no, what it says. No, Spike Lee said something great. He accepted a Lifetime Achievement Award at the VMAs mm -hmm. uh, for Do the Right Thing. It right. was 20 years after Do the Right Thing came out. And he goes, Do the Right Thing came out 20 years ago. Right. Yet the same problems that were occurring in that movie are happening today. Okay, fair enough. How much have we grown? Okay. And then he walked off stage. And I was like, ooh. That's I don't. Things. I see. To me, I don't say ooh. And keep in mind, I, I'm not a big Spike Lee fan. I I don't say ooh. I sit there and I say, dude, the, there's something wrong with the culture, with the me, the message that the kids are getting. It's not good. But it's not just coming from within. It, they, That's what I'm saying. You can't just blame what the culture. It's it's what's happening from the outside okay. going into it. Okay, fair enough. It's a lot of that, you know, the grasshopper and the glass ceiling. You know, it stopped jumping, even they removed the lid, and it's right. like, you can jump now and get out. 
they get so, put into this bubble and they're taught this is the way it is. Here's how it point. is. Keep voting for me. That's my point. And you don't point. realize there's another way. And I'll tell you right now, and I, I say this at work. I tell this to a lot of people who start working at my job. I'm like, you're going to not just see your lives change and your bank accounts change. You're going to see your politics change. That's exactly my point. What I'm trying to say is and that I just feel bad for kids that are inundated, inundated with this message that they feel that there's no... America is the greatest engine for prosperity that's ever been invented. And just if you're not being taught that, if you're not being told that, if you're not buying into the assimilation aspect of it, you're, you're going to get nailed. Yeah, but here's the thing with this country too. The wealth in this country is like a club. And if you start making a little bit too much, they don't want you in that club. Well, that's a whole thing, you know, that, that came up with Trump. I mean, he was the, like, as Chappelle said, he was the first guy that stood up there and said, I'm using all these tricks of the trade. How come, Hillary, you never changed the tax laws if you're so offended by them? <laughs> he came out of the house and said, every game you think we're playing in that house, we are. They are. And then walked right back in. That's exactly right. As but well, it, he should. It, it's true. And, you know, and same thing with Trump. It's like he was loved. They all loved him. They were mm -hmm. all his friend until he said that he wanted to become president. And that's yep. when like, uh, no. no. Exactly. That's your limit. Exactly. That is your limit. And then he got it. Yeah, remember, Tr Donald Trump is also someone that's wanted to own an NFL team for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And the owners refused to get to him let him the into the club. He's not allowed in. Yeah. There's a limit. Yeah. There's only access to so many levels. <laughs> We're 55 minutes into this. By the way, what do you think the uh, the topic is? I think the topic was like being nice to people. How do you get happy? <laughs> <laughs> not by you talking shit about my Will favorite you MC. Stop it. I, I, I totally, totally think the guy is really innovative and really cool. I just don't, you know what I'm saying? I just wish he would make the music message be a little Did bit. you see what years those songs came out in though? 94, 93, right, 95, somewhere in that change. It's a very tumultuous era. Back it was then. the greatest era back then. You had the OJ trial. You had the riots in LA. Like that was, it was a very impactful gotcha. time for that culture. I get it. But that's why we listen to hip hop today. They can't talk about that. It's very different. So what do they talk about now? It's awful. Is it? Yeah. Like I don't know anything about that. I look at, I look at it from my, you know, my, my, whatever, my perch in life. And I'm like, it's, it's done. just bothers me that kids it's are not done. being sold on the good things in life. It's done. It's done. Hip hop is dead. Is you know, it the, dead though? Yeah, the late 80s, early 90s, um, you know, even up to the mid 90s, they were talking about where if you really follow hip hop, there was a time where like it went from rapping on street corners and introducing this new art, you right. know, rhyme over beat. And then you got to the late 80s, early 90s, and it was talking about like, hey, we're going to tell you what it's looking like in the ghetto. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but this is what's happening in right. Compton. This is what's happening in New York. This is okay. happening in Bed Stuy. And then you got to like the mid nineties. So wait, so it got away from like parents don't understand and it got to Well, let's not talk about fucking Will Smith. Will Smith <laughs> just is the a... corniest piece of shit I've ever heard. All right, I so Tone Loke ever. Tone Loke, uh, Sugar Hill Gang. But back then that was just all about, you know, fun it was rhymes. Fun. That's it was my fun. Point. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. It was fun music. And then somewhere along the line, they realized like, yo, you know, you know, KRS-One came out and was like, we can really start telling people a message. Like, we're, like we can let people know what's happening in our hoods. Okay. And they did. But then if you look at what happened around 97 to 99, okay, it changed and it became really big. All the rap was about the money and the cars yeah, and the yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I, I see that. It really started to change. You had Jermaine Dupree and Jay-Z singing about money ain't a thing. And they were just... The life's, and then you get to the early 2000s where now, you know, Nas kind of stopped talking about the ghetto and started talking about like one mic 
and I know I can. He started trying to make more uplifting music. Okay, so, all right, so, so he has grown. Okay. Yeah, that's why okay. I asked you, like, did you look at the timeline for those well, songs? I, I said I can just seems like cheesy, but it's like, at least you're right. It's it's an uplifting song. It, and that was, that's early 2000s. Same right. with one mic. Okay. All I need is one mic. That was him saying, if you have a talent, if you have a skill, you just need that. And if you really work on it, whatever it might be. And he talks about all the things you can be. That's cool then. Okay. You know, so he did evolve. You're selling me on the dude. He, he, you got to listen. That's why I said you got to listen to listen. it. <laughs> but you listen song by song and you can lose it that way. That's why someone like Nas is still around because right. his music continues to evolve with him. Okay. So th I'm glad you're telling me this. Yes. Um, that's why Eminem kind of doesn't evolve. He's become much better lyrically. Where you're like, well, I got to rewind that and hear what See, he he's, said. He's, he's to me, he's like a verbal acrobat. Yes, and that's that's really what he's become in his later years, right? Because he kind of realized, like, I can't keep complaining about my mom. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, like, just like seeing the same movie over and over and over yeah. again. Well, he actually wrote a song where he apologized to his mom. It was that's fantastic. Good. Okay, cool. It was a really gross, but it didn't get it didn't get pop plays. What does he care? He's got all the money in the world now. Yeah, you know, you still want to be on top. Do do they? I, of course, I, I, I got to know you're you. loved. I got to tell you, man. I I I. I know you didn't believe it, but like I loved that halftime show. What was it last year? I believe that you liked it. You know, because it, it, you could sense a musical direction in it. You could sense a whole lot of, you know. Well, a lot of Dr. Dre's beats started off the piano. Dr. Yeah. Dre is an actual musician. Like, yeah. He can play guitar, bass. He, can, Dre, and he yeah, puts it all absolutely. together. So, but Nas's music definitely progresses. He got older. But huh? some guys kind of realize. So you're like, saying you don't like what's going on now, though? Like over oh, the last, no, what, 10, 15 no, years? No, it's so bad. It's so bad. They're yeah, just not talented. Um, See, when I listen to a band like Rage Against the Machine, just as a for instance, mm. um, the message that they have in the beginning, like you said, was was angry. It was like, look, listen, this is where we're coming from, yada, yada, yada. Fuck the man. Kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I won't do what you tell me, that kind of thing. Now they're fucking shills for the Democrat Party. And it just makes me nauseous. The same band that's saying, yeah. fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, yeah. was up there saying, go get the vax. Exactly. It's like, whoa, what, what a, happened? What a bunch of I'll tell you what happened. pussies. I mean, ka-ching, ka-ching. It is. And they're, they are, it's the same crap that's going on with a lot of the reporters, the journalists that sit there. It seems like they're getting paid off. They sold out. Is it selling out? They don't want to lose it. They don't want to lose the money. Yeah. They don't want to lose the fame. Because here's the thing with Hollywood. If they don't like you, they'll get rid of you. Without a doubt. You, you know, know, Hollywood controls the media. It controls the news outlets. Mm -hmm. You know, and the best thing that they're good at doing is if they want to get rid of someone, first thing they do is say, this person's going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many Hollywood celebrities have gone crazy? Are you alluding to the Kanye thing? No, I'm talking about everything. Just in general? You know, Corey Feldman for years has been talking about the pedophile. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I gotcha. And you know what they say? Corey Feldman's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and you're like, oh, yeah, around. he is crazy. Yeah. It's like, is he? Yeah. Or has he been telling the truth all this time? Right, right. Now we're going to get canceled because I brought up Hollywood and pedophiles. <laughs> and there it is. Thanks for tapping in, guys. <laughs> Over. Hey, you want to talk about how to get happy now? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about how to get happy. Are you happy now? What is it now? That's why Taylor Swift is so successful. She just writes about breakups. Yes, she does. And women eat that shit up. They can't get enough of it. Dude, I got to... Uh, Taylor know, Swift needs a new album. She dates a guy, gets heartbroken. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. Number one to the top. You know that... I, you know I'm recording my new my CD right now, and it's like I'm working with a guy that's a big... Not a huge Nashville writer, but he works with a lot of these Nashville writers. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, has 
like has it become sort of formulaic now you know the whole truck you know the wife walked out on me that that whole formulaic thing are they is that for real and he says i hate to say it but it is of course it's trends you know? It's just following the trend, seeing what's selling. See, it's no different than when I get on Instagram and I look at reels and I see what sounds being used, right, yeah, yeah, what yeah. hashtags are being used, and then I put them together and it goes into the algorithm. These, especially like music that's going mainstream and pop, it's the same thing. It's, it's like, the same well, shit. What huh? are they listening to? And they just make more of that. Right. How many white rappers came out after Eminem? It's a shit ton. The only one I know of is, uh, what's his name? Kid Rock. Kid Rock was kind of country. Yeah, he was. He came out rock. Kid but, Rock but came he, out rap, and then became rock. He's yeah. He he went from rap to country. yeah. From Vanilla Ice tried making a comeback. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you yeah. just had a whole bunch. I can't think of them. I can't think of their names right now. Um, yeah, Paul Wall. Paul Wall, baby. He was from Houston. <laughs> He's actually very successful now because while he was a rapper, he would only rap about like his grills and his teeth. And what people didn't realize, okay. like, he had a store in Houston, Texas, which he still has, where he makes grills. He makes diamond. Oh, oh that's, that's the stuff on the teeth. So he used his hip hop career to boost that career. Right. Well, they do it. I mean, Jesus Christ, even like Ric Flair in wrestling oh, is, is selling. Cent, 50 uh, cents sold vitamin water. Now. Yeah, exactly. Though, but that's what I'm saying. It's beautiful entrepreneurialism. I love that. It's that hustler mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And there's very, very few people in the, on the, on the sold, planet that are that I way. I sold kilos of Coke. I'm guessing I can sell CDs. Fucking A. Jay-Z, yeah. baby. Yep. That's what he said. Absolutely. I mean, but that's the message that's, I'd love the for message them to hear. There though. is, hey, you can do this. Now apply it to something segue else. it over to the business world. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the, the message Jay Z delivered. Well, thank you. I'm, that's I'm, that's what I want to hear. I mean, you gotta catch it. You gotta pay attention. <laughs> In hip hop, you gotta hide your. Messages. But you're telling me that the that the latest hip hop is like awful garbage. It's not. It's not good. I mean, they're not. There's a lot of talking. There's not a lot being said. Yeah. Oh, is that the deal? Mm-hmm. And I hate to do the what's the deal thing, but like, what's the deal with the freaking N-word every other word? I mean, that bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, that's horrible, especially because if you get caught I doing- I mean, if I heard a bunch of Jews talking that way about themselves, yeah. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. I forget what rapper said that he was going to stop using it. Anyway, there's a lot about that, but you got to be careful with that word too, because if you I know. sing it, you'll get in trouble. Well, I don't so, say it, and I don't well, like hearing it and all that other stuff. Yeah, know? I don't like it in the songs. It, it just, it's kind of like you're trying to get away from that, like stop using it. And I it, get like the whole like, oh, it's some, you know, we're taking it back. Nah, just get rid of it. Um, the kid from Florida just lost his scholarship offer to Florida State. Yeah, yeah, the, the quarterback. Yeah, because it, I saw that. it came out where he rapped that word. And it's like, yeah, what was but the even same Eminem thing with Margaret Morgan Whalen, the uh, country oh, guy. Thankfully, well, he, uh, you know, he's a multi, uh, you know. Eminem never said it. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it just seems like they're, he, guys that, like that are always floating that, around the word, though. That I will agree, and I understand why that makes you uncomfortable. It really does. I get it. It I makes hear, me uncomfortable. Even when I, like, roll, I want to sing it. I even when sing. I roll on the mats and I hear that word, it just bugs me. It, it would be the same way if I heard a Jew saying the K word. It, it just bugs me. Oh, like in the music? Yeah, if I heard a bunch of Jews using the, the K word, I, I would be, I'd be pissed. That's the only thing with the hip hop. Like sometimes, like, like is there a Spanish songs... word that way too? Yeah. Like essay or something like that, or I don't know. Mm, it's fucking, it's a stupid one. <laughs> I never liked it. I thought it wasn't even like clever. All right, let's get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> we are an hour and six. Okay, 
in honor of the Christmas season. Happy holidays. I'm a huge fan of Christmas, by the way. We're going to segue from Nas right to Michael Bublé, baby. Buy my new album at Starbucks. Yep. (laughs) I totally get it. Exclusively at Target. So this is where I came to this idea. You had posted two videos that I'm like, I thousand percent agree Go on, baby. With. I'm posting a bunch. I'm taking know cold showers. My mind is stimulated. I got like six videos ready to go. <laughs> I know you do. But the two you put out that really resonated with me was the one where you were saying, I just like smiling at people as I'm driving. Or oh, that was my Instagram them. story. Yeah. It costs nothing to be nice to people. And I'm like saying, what a great attitude. Yeah. Do you know what I, triggered that? What's that? I was getting coffee at Wawa. Okay. And... This woman was, you know, I have a six foot rule. If you're six feet away, I'll hold the door open. Right. If you're further than that, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're on your own. She was, she was a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. And I like made it a point to like open the door for her. Right. And she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I was like, oh, you're very welcome. Then she dropped something and I picked it up. Right. And she goes, uh, and I was like, Mondays. I was like, hey, <laughs> think of it this way. If it's starting this is your off suburban like, thing, yeah. by the way. See how much you got to give guy. the message. Yeah. <laughs> Use the proper you tone. Fucking know it, baby. So when you know when Nas is talking, Nas, like, you got to deliver the message to like, know your audience, baby. <laughs> so I was like, hey, look on. at it this way. I was like, if it's this rough at seven a.m., your day can only get better. Did you do a little ha 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 after that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's my burb life laugh. Also on my YouTube channel, by the way, go follow my YouTube mm-hmm. channel at Prof underscore Miguel BJJ. We're gonna be posting a lot totally more videos different, on though. There. I was a young man back then before kids, totally no kids, different. bro, <laughs> no kids married for like a year or two. No, you had like the, like the really tight haircut, yeah, tight hair, hard part, no beard. baby face. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was like, your voice didn't sound as deep. I was like, that's because life didn't hit me yet. Yeah, exactly. Two kids, <laughs> wife pissed off cause she crashed the car and I didn't want to fix it. <laughs> the fuck. It's not my problem. I just thought we would talk about this. Yeah. What's there to talk about? <laughs> Uh, not my problem. By the way, we spoke two hours prior to this about that podcast about, about that <laughs> about that and his house, his home life. Yeah, I, it just it boggled my mind what happened today in my house. Boggled my mind. I became the bad guy. Oh yeah, because someone else hopped the curb. <laughs> well, here's why I didn't want to address it. Love you, Steph. You're a fucking terrible <laughs> driver. So I wasn't shocked that you hopped the curb. There it is. I said it. Oh, you, also had a great line. you also had a great line about the housewives that are terrible drivers. They are. They are. Well, because she was upset. She's like, I'm embarrassed. Everyone saw me hop the curb. I'm like, Steph, half those fucking moms hop the curb. Exactly. I've seen them. Exactly. When I used to coach at Brunswick, it was when it first opened up, it was in the parking lot of a, a stop and shop or right, in the right. strip mall of a stop and shop. And on the weekends, I would love watching the suburban house moms park their car. Terrible. Banging it to shit left Awful. and right. Yeah, Pookie Awful. is Pookie is the worst with that shit. Awful. And I know there's a lot of women like, not me. I'm a good driver. And maybe you are. Maybe you're not. <laughs> you know what I get a lot of times? Lane will say, I'm going to the supermarket and this and that. And I'll I'll say, Okay, cool. You want to pick me up a so and so, whatever. If I get a phone call while she's out, I get so nervous. Because I have a feeling it's always going to be, Roy, smack the car. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. When, that, when, as soon as she was like, I hopped the curb, in my head, I was like, I'm not shocked. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, yeah, of course you hopped the curb. 
So now that's a sensitive statement. Are women good drivers? No. <laughs> or bad drivers? No, they're not. <laughs> and that's not based on me being sexist. I grew up in a house with all women. My whole life, I was only driven by women. Right. And once I became 22, you know what I realized? Women are bad drivers. Uh, wow. That's a broad brush statement, big guy. They are. Overall, they are. <laughs> And I, I really think what makes them bad drivers is that they try to be so careful. Oh, yeah. You got to you gotta when you drive. That's the first lesson I said to my son. I said, be decisive when yeah. you drive. You I know? guarantee Steph hit the curb because she was trying to not hit the curb. <laughs> right. I, I'm willing to bet money. She was trying to not hit it and trying it's, to make sure she wouldn't. And she hit it. It's like when you bowl and you, all you're thinking about is the gutters on the two sides. Yeah. Like, well, like jujitsu and football, you know when you get hurt when you're trying to not get hurt. Not get hurt, exactly. You gotta go, baby. Yeah, gotta go. And Band- this is coming. This Band- is coming from someone who drives consistently above 100 miles an hour. Good for you. I go, man. It feels good, baby. And that big fucking truck is like a big green dragon yeah. flying down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of our boy Gordon. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah, you're done. Go get that truck tomorrow. <laughs> really? Yep. Don't look anymore. Go get it. I mean, it's no TRX, but it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> you just got a TRX. to give you like a, a backhanded compliment. Well, because you'd be like, bro, just got a fucking TRX. It's only like 20 grand more. Like if you break up those payments, it's really not that much more. I'm like, mm, it is, but okay. <laughs> he showed me his house and his Christmas tree. And I was like, dude, how fucking big is that tree? He's like, uh, 12 feet. I was like, how tall is your That's ceiling? pretty fucking tall. He's like, in that room? It's seven <laughs> in that room? Uh, it's 17 feet high. I was like, Jesus Christ. He goes, yeah, hurry up and get fucking rich so we can buy cool things together. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, why don't you fucking share my podcast? That would help. Yeah, exactly. Speed me up. I got all these famous friends. No one's sharing my shit. Gotta struggle, buddy. Gotta earn it. I'm fucking trying. Throw me a bone. <laughs> Wait, and you're like really, really like putting it up to me, some fucking old jerk off talking about rap music. Like this is what's really gonna sell. I'm like, someone share my shit, please. I'm fucking funny. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the more we talk about sensitive subjects, the more someone's gonna say something. It's like these guys might be onto something. <laughs> We're gonna have like clickbait. Someone's going to be like, holy shit, did you hear what they said? That's what I'm hoping for. Did you hear what this guy said about the Jews? I'm like, what the you fuck hear what, you he said all Jews are accountants. <laughs> That's not what I said. Oh, I twist in my words. Um, you wouldn't be too far off with that statement. They are. You know, that's well, us. I know a lot of Jewish accountants. That's us. Big on the whole dental thing. Big on the whole doctor thing. Accountants. Yeah, that's what it is. Big uh, entrepreneurs. So at any rate, how to be happy. How uh, to be happy. <laughs> so anyway. Look, we can go through the the usual suspects like, you know, physically, you got to eat the right foods. Yeah. I, I, was, I was loving what Sean was saying tonight, you know, as far as like oh, he was getting fantastic. rid of the sugar and all that shit. Yeah, he just, he, the best thing he said tonight was, because I told him, I was like, Sean, you're looking jacked, dude. What are you doing? And he said, nothing. He said, at my age, consistency is key. It is. I yeah. go to the gym at least three, four days a week. Same here. Go yeah. in. He yeah. goes, I watch what I eat. I don't eat more than 100 grams of carbs. I cut out sugar, mostly water. Every now and then I'll treat myself with a seltzer, but that's it. See, but I'll tell you the thing about sugar, okay? And I know I'm not... Sugar, do, 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 do. Oh, honey, See, honey. this is my music. That is eight seconds. Yeah, that's also 10 seconds worth of song, and they said three words. Candy. You are my candy Sugar, do, 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 do. Oh, honey, honey, do, 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 do. You are my candy girl. 
and you got me wanting you. That's it. It's Easy stuff. shit. Oh, yeah. That's, that's not, what I'm saying. It's not fucking redundant People, at all. People is, aspire to good stuff. No, but the melody line is really stuck in your head. I'm sorry, bad guy. <laughs> it's better music. Anyway, so sugar, what a lot of people don't, even though it tastes fucking great and like you should get it out of your system, is just really insidious what it does to your body. Mm. Terrible. And I hate to talk to like, I mean, BJJ people are athletes. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they think they could eat anything, you know? Well, don't, don't say that to Gary Tonin. No? Gary Tonin diet is, you ever seen the Gary Tonin diet? No. What is Gary's it? got this whole thing because he like, like, God, like I want to say at this point, probably close to like eight years ago. He was eating a burger before a big match. Okay. And he's like, look, if I if I ever lose a match and blame it on the fact that I ate a cheeseburger, you should probably fucking shoot me. <laughs> yeah. So like the Gary Tonin diet became this big thing because Gary's just been like, I eat whatever the fuck I want. Right. Like that um, Patty Pimlet, dude. Yeah. But you know what? As you get older, you can't keep doing that. That's my point. I mean, the the sugar, while it tastes good, it just really does freaking damage to your insides. It destroys insides. your body. It really does, man. You and can eliminate a lot of your pain. If you're someone who's in physical pain all the time, you can eliminate a lot of your pain just by getting rid of the sugar. Without a doubt. And, and you realize like, oh, it wasn't that I had arthritis. I had inflammation from all the sugar. And I'm insulin sensitive now. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's all gone down the tubes. I mean, Sean was saying he's pre-diabetic. Yeah. So. You know, so he's taking care of himself, doing what he has to do. Mm-hmm. He's training. He's training jujitsu. He looks fantastic. Yeah, he really does. You know, and he does a really good thing. I make fun of him all the time for all the vacations he takes. But man, like, I don't think people vacation enough. No, and it's not don't. just about going to a beach and drinking my time. Right. It's that mental reset. Right. It's that taking a couple days, shutting everything off, right, and recharging. Because if you just go, 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 anything you have in this life, if you just left it on, if you left your car running, it would run out of gas. If you just left a video playing on your phone, your phone would die out of battery. Yet somehow we do not recharge our minds and our spirits. We don't find things that give us peace and that good make input, us good output, happy. Yeah. Which goes back to my whole thing about messaging. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. You got to bring in the good things, good vibes, good thoughts, and all this other shit. Read the right things, listen to the right, whatever. I don't know. You can't just keep grinding all the time. Yeah, that's the point. But, I heard, I, but Sean, I, I, I apologize, but Sean said something to me. Uh, we were talking on the side like we always do. And I, I said, are you... my favorite students. Oh, exactly. I said, are you excited about not having the kids in your house? You know? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he goes, you know what? Because I, I said, a lot of guys really have a hard time when it's just you and your wife now. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are gone, they're, they're, they graduated, that sort of thing. And I'm kind of going through that myself. It's like, you know, because my kid's going to be out of the house in a year. Empty nest syndrome. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And he says, no, I'm so looking forward to it because, you know, I love my wife, you know, and I I still have a lot in common and and that sort of thing. But a lot of guys really go through that midlife thing and it fucks them up. When does that happen, the midlife crisis? I'll tell you exactly when it happens. When you realize that your career is not going the way you wanted it to go when your wife doesn't look the way you wanted her to look, when you don't look the way you want to look anymore. You make it sound like it's something that's avoidable. I think it is, um, but I I hate to say it. It's very, very real because I I, I advise people a lot on their careers and they hit a point where they're not, like even my brother who's really, really high up in in his company, uh, he even said they're not going to hire a 55-year-old lawyer now. They want the 40-year-old. Yeah. You know, they want a 35 year old, that sort of thing. And when you, that realization hits you, 
that holy shit i'm not you know relevant so that's that's anymore. something different from what you were just saying you were saying like your career didn't go your wife what if you did hit every mark Oh, well, that's a and whole different story. And now you get to a point where you realize... It's not enough. I peaked. Spiritually, yeah. Well, like that, you realize like that's... Yeah. Like, I'm kind of in that boat right now. Like, what? what's my next step in life? I Tom. think, uh, frankly, I hate to say it. I, you know, I, I, Tom may disagree, but I think Tom's in that boat too. He has succeeded at such a level. What's that next step? I think he found his next step. Did he? Yeah. He's like, you're going to Hollywood? No, I don't think he's no. going to Hollywood. I think <laughs> he found his next step. All right, that's a good. I'm not going to share it because not for no, me, no, exactly, I think exactly. he found his next step. But I think uh, uh, people that achieve at a high level like that, when they don't figure out the next step, like we were talking about that dude uh, uh, that killed himself, Twitch. Twitch, yeah. Along sad. those lines, that's sad. I, I mean, I just you brought up a different aspect of it, but I think that he just couldn't figure out what his next step was. I don't think that was it at all, man. <laughs> you are coming at it from a marriage perspective. I come at. I I really think. And this is going to get a little touchy. I think when people want to end it or when they choose to end it, it's not a matter of my life sucks. Right. It just gets to a matter of maybe you just got to a point where you don't want chaos anymore. Yeah. You know, you want just peace. And maybe the only way you're going to find peace is you're like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to compete at that level anymore. Not even compete, man. Like, I just want peace. I don't want to deal yeah. with any of, like, my childhood trauma. I don't want to deal with any. You got to remember when people become successful and you feel like, man, you overcame so much. Or mm-hmm. You still had to overcome it. It's not like you made it and you're like, woo I did it. Right. No, like that. If you run a marathon, when right. you're done, the marathon's done. But your body still feels the oh, yeah. effects of running that marathon. No doubt, no doubt. So even when you're at the bar with your medal, having that beer, and you're like, "Wow, you must feel so happy." Yeah, but my body feels like shit. I'm really fucking is. tired. Yeah. That's kind of how life is, and I think some people just get tired of running the marathon. I agree with you, and I think, and I and I said this to someone today. I was like, "We don't," because someone messaged me about him. I was like, "It's sad." Because people don't understand how fragile someone's inner peace really is. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, what was he battling that he just couldn't find that peace? Because it's not always just about hating life and it's not going this way. It's not going that way. It's just no matter what happened, you couldn't shut down. You couldn't turn off the voices. Yeah. You couldn't turn them off. I didn't know enough about the guy to, to make that statement. I don't know anything about him. I'm just talking about. The situation. See, I come at it from a, a slightly different view. Like I said, I, I think people don't have imagination at, and they get to a point where in their age where they don't have the fire in the belly anymore. In other words, they don't want to get after it anymore. And that depresses them a lot. I don't, I see. I don't think that's anything that had to do with it. I really don't. Maybe not, not with this guy, doing. but I'm just talking about the, uh, the midlife crisis. Oh, thing. well, I mean, I mean, listen, that could be the case for anybody. Um, you know, you hear about, we were just talking about it with, you know, uh, I'm not going to say who we were talking about it before the podcast. Um, you know, these professional athletes mm. that, you know, you know, take their own life. And it's like, all right, you know, people can say like, I oh, you know you're a coward if you do. And it's like, maybe you are. But I, I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I understand what someone was feeling at that moment. I they, totally agree. Where they just reached a point where they yeah. stopped caring about everything and anything. Or like, I don't, I don't want to be here tomorrow. Yeah. I want this story. I don't think, can you reach those people? Not if they don't want to be reached. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. They got to want to come out of the woods. That's why you notice when a lot of these stories pop up, it's always their body was found in a hotel. Yeah. They went somewhere where they could be alone. Nobody knows they're there. 
Nobody's going to stop them. See, I come at it also from... It's so fucking sad. It is. Because when you get to that point, you are so alone. Yeah. You are so lonely. And even if you're not, you have a million friends, you've got fans, you've got this, you know, you might have a wife, you might have kids. But at that moment, you have reached a point in your life where you are completely and utterly alone. Alone. Yeah. And it's it's so fucking sad and scary. And I really I think about his final moments and I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. It really because you genuinely feel like you're you're alone. I I use the word boredom. It's maybe not the right word, but it's like from a musician's standpoint, I know a bunch of guys that used to tour. You know, mm-hmm. they have their one or two or five hits, whatever it happens to be. And they're playing the same fucking songs night after night after night, year after year after year. And they're not going to have another hit. Yeah. They're just playing these songs. They're hoping that the fans keep coming. But even then, like they drive into, let's say, I don't know, a PNC Arts Center, for instance. So it's not boredom. It's the monotony of it. It's the monotony. And it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Well, a bit of that. Um, like there's a, I don't know if you know a guy named Jackson Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had a great line where he said, the only time that seems too short is the time that we get to play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where he said that every other hour, the 22, 23 other hours during the day, he doesn't know what to do with himself. And he just waits to get on the stage. And just, that's that. But I could see a lot of these guys losing it as far as their, uh, you know, the depression, especially. Well, and that's why when you, like, when you think and they about go to drugs like, and drink and all. Well, that. yeah, you had the drugs and the drinking, but then you had like these big bands and, you know, the Chester Bennington. I was a huge Lincoln Park fan. Yep. Um, you know, their message just resonated with me uh, <laughs> at that time in my life. Do not hold that phrase against me. I'm going to. No. Uh, well, because you brought up a good point. It's like, what is the message? I think the message. That's what I think makes music so beautiful. You know, someone can write a song because it meant something to them, but to the kid in, you know, fucking Idaho, it means something completely different. It really different. does. It really does. You know, and that's, that's why it's a form of art. I always think of that Green Day line where he says, do you have the time to listen to me whine? Yeah. You know, about nothing and everything at once. At once. Yeah. It's a beautiful fucking that line. Is, it's an awesome line. Um, but, you know, uh, they would talk about how these, these rock bands, these musicians, they get on stage... And I've always thought about this. It's got to be such a mind fuck. You get on stage and for two hours, two and a half hours, however long you're mm-hmm. in there, you've got 10, 20, 50, 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. And they're all singing back your words. Right. They're all singing back the lines that you wrote on a napkin. Your personal deepest thoughts got to their soul and right. they're singing it back to you. Yep. For two hours, you're feeling that. The love. That love, that yeah. energy, and then you get off the stage and you've got to cool back down and wind back down, and then you come crashing back mm-hmm. to reality. Yep. And it's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And then your agent's calling you, your accountant's When's calling you. When's the next you, hit? Your wife's it, calling whatever, you, like, yeah. hey, the designer, decorator called me about the living room. <laughs> the agent's calling you, like, hey, We've got an opportunity for you. Uh, well, do you want to play with, uh, you know, Soundgarden? Right. You yeah. know, uh, your manager's calling you like, hey, bud, just want to let you know uh, the numbers are coming back. They're not as good as we were projecting. So you mm-hmm. might want to hold back on buying that new Porsche. Bingo. And everyone's giving you this shit. And you're like, yo, 10 minutes ago, yep. I was loved. 
Now it's everything that I need to do for everyone else. Mm -hmm. When five minutes ago, people were screaming, I love you. Can I sing with you? If I just touched someone's hand, they would collapse. Yeah. Now I got this guy telling me like, listen, we really need you guys to start pushing the album. So next week you're doing Kimmel. It's like, uh, next week I'm supposed to be home. Yeah, got to get to work. Right. It's like, okay. I'll give you an interesting thing too. It's like nowadays, since all the bands of, all the big bands of the 70s and 80s and 90s are dead, are, are dead yeah. uh, the tribute bands is, are it's a real thing like like loads and loads of people go to see these bands that are just basically imitating the bands like it's, oh, it's yeah. crazy like it's like, nostalgia you want to go a back guy, to that time there's a guy that i know that that manages these bands and he says my two biggest acts are guys that do fleetwood mac <laughs> and the eagles you know, these are 70s bands from 50 years ago. And the Eagles are so much better than the <laughs> yeah. Eagles. Good job, Pennsylvania. That's your new senator. Right. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fuck. They wanted a stroke victim for a senator. Dude, I, I, I don't even want to switch the subject. Just yeah. keep going. Keep okay, going. all right. Uh, as a general philosophy, would you be, like, agreeing with me that to be happy, you have to be happy with what you have, but you have to want more? In other words, you have to have a drive in you to want more, but you have to have an appreciation for what you got. Is that a good sort of roundabout statement on that? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, one of the best quotes I heard, uh, my friend Pete, Pete McHugh said on his podcast, and he says he's always looking for the next thing. He's looking right. for the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his wife was like, you know, when are you going to be happy? And he goes, I am happy, but I'm not content. Great line. He Love goes, it. you can be happy, but not be content. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the problem. Maybe we'll get content. Yeah, they They're do. Like, well, I'm happy here. Well, they lose the fire in the well, belly. They lose that fire. I never want to lose that fire. Yeah, I've pretty I much don't. lost it. So. <laughs> You've lost that, that love and feeling. Keep going, I'll give you a harmony. Whoa, that love and feeling. You've lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to say, I'm looking at our little sound right now. We are fucking in sync, bro. We are like JC and Justin. Baby, baby, I get down on my knees for you. How about the fucking Isley Brothers, bro? I love those guys. They were oh fantastic. I didn't, you know what? That's my, if I'm going to say my favorite era okay. of music, I'm going to say like the late 50s, late early 60s. Okay. Well, that would be like Twist and Shout. I was talking like Isley's, like, um, uh, Gosh, Ron Isley had some great stuff like down, down, da 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 da. Those good times. I, I, I would say probably the sixties, probably my best musical era. This so hard of mine, been broke a thousand times. I, I dig that whole Motown and that's why, man. If your heart's been broken a thousand times, <laughs> fucking, you might want to change your pattern. You might want to stop going after those brunettes with the blue eyes. All right, so happiness uh, habits: smile a lot, yeah, sleep. Sleep is a big one. You can't be happy if you're grouchy. That's, look what happens to you when you don't get your nap. It's true. Mm -hmm. I start complaining about kids saying my bad. You know what's a great way to start being <laughs> what's happy? That? What's that? Uh, developing appreciation. I was going to say practice gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And not like, I'm so grateful for my, my, my C-series, my C-class Mercedes. No, be grateful. The second you, when I was a kid, my grandma used to always say, when I would wake up, she goes, and did you give thanks to God for waking up? And as a kid, I was like, oh God. Because <laughs> you take it for granted. It's like every day you wake up, someone didn't. 
All right, so let me ask you this. Okay, because I told you that I, I was at a funeral yesterday. My condolences. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I actually like the guy quite a bit. Um, but uh, do you need those wake-up calls in life? I think, unfortunately, you do. Because like, you had a wake-up call with your father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Oh, bro, I've been to five funerals since July. Right, right. Yeah, I forgot. You know, that. Yeah, it's been a lot. Uh, and unfortunately... Now, were those wake-up calls for you or like... I, you know, I, I try to use them as wake up calls and I, I don't think like I need wake up calls, but I definitely try like when I hear those things, I'm like, wow, like what, what am I complaining about? What am I getting upset about? And, you know, not, not to air all her personal business, but my good friend Shannon, uh, who just lost her husband, Brian, two months ago, right, right. Uh, about two weeks ago, found out that her daughter, her oldest daughter, um, Loretta, uh, they found a brain tumor. Hmm. So God. she's been dealing with that. Loretta had surgery. Everything went well. Uh, but, you know, they did have to do a little bit of radiation from what I understand. So you just lost your husband to cancer. And then two months later, you find out that your eight-year-old daughter uh, has a brain tumor. God. So when you and then you find you see someone like Shannon who just finds a way to keep a smile on her face, finds yeah. a way to keep going, just keeps it together. And you see the things that people start to lose it over. And you want to grab them and be like, hey. You just what want to the shake the fuck them. are That's you exactly complaining it. about? It's like it's not that big of a deal. But would you also agree that different people have different thresholds for what they can handle in life? Hundred percent. And, and I'm it's gonna, the old line: God gives you what you can handle. Or that's it, man. But some people are fucking handling a lot. Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest with you. We're going to pull back the current a little bit. Cool. Just keep your clothes on. And I'm one of the best things that happened for me when uh, in my early 20s. I want to say like 2021. 20, I took mushrooms. Okay, me too. And it was a fantastic experience. Same. Uh, I've done them on a couple occasions. I laughed my balls off. Yeah. So did I. And then I, my eyes get watery and I can't tell if I'm crying or if I'm laughing. <laughs> Same it's, thing. It, yeah, it's wild. I'm like, <laughs> what's happening? I was dancing with the girl. I'm like, this is the greatest thing that's yeah. ever happened. Yeah, I had to be outside. My body was growing. I was like going to explode. I was, like, I was like, this is Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> um but I've done, one time I did it by mistake. It was they were chocolate covered, and I didn't know that they were Yikes. mushrooms. And next thing I know, someone's like, "Oh, they take." I'm like, and it was it was a wild day. Okay. Anyway, and I remember at one point I'm sitting on the beach, and I'm just kind of doing this thing, and I'm like, like making like little universes, and everything seems so real, and you know the sky reflecting off of the ocean. Yeah. And I remember at one point I'm looking up at the sky and I'm seeing the ocean. And I can see the stars bouncing off of the ocean and the ocean just goes forever. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's far. Yeah. And there's even more. Oh yeah. And then I start thinking like, how far is that star? Yeah. How, how big is that star? You bet. And then I start realizing I'm as big to that star as that star is to me right now. Yeah. And it's okay. not that fucking big. And I realized that all our problems, all our stresses, all our issues, as big as we think they are, they're no bigger than that little star far away. Yeah. And I realized that our time here is so fragile. Yeah. And we put too much focus on things that are insignificant. You fight the wrong fights. The wrong ones, man. And I really think it was one of the best experiences for me that I had because it made me realize just how magical the gift of being alive is and the opportunities oh, that like, we have by being awake the existence lottery is astronomical, astronomical. yeah 
And then to realize that no matter how crazy you think everything is, like your impact, these things that are bothering you are so small. They really are. So it's like, enjoy the day. Because just like that little grain of sand was perfectly dry 10 minutes ago, that wave came in and took it away. Yeah. And it never knew it was coming. Yeah. And that grain of sand thought its life was so crazy and hectic until it just got taken away. Well, Jordan Peterson has a great line along those lines. He was talking this. Uh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> All right. Is that your Jordan uh, Peterson? I'm working on it. <laughs> a man is a man. A woman is a woman. Now he was. Uh, What's what? This girl was like haranguing him about climate change. Haranguing. You're like, that's the word of the day. That's a good word. That's a good one. Uh, she's getting after him about climate change. And, he's, and she said, well, what's your advice about that? And he said, I have no advice about that. You're, you're concentrating your, your psychic energy on something you cannot change. You should really focus on yourself and your own little world and make sure that you are the best human being you can possibly be. I, my wife and I talk about this all the time when we talk about you know what's happening in the school systems now. What are mm-hmm. they going to teach our kids? Yep. Blah, blah. And I tell them, like, you know what? All we can do is control what we do inside these four walls. Right. If we do our job here, when they go out there, nothing's going to fucking matter. Right. Because we do our job here. You don't. You know how you don't worry about the kid across the street? Do your job at home. Yeah. You know how you impact the town? Do your job at home. If you start, you got to think globally. Act, act locally. Locally. Yep. Make Absolutely. sure you're, don't complain about how all the kids are pieces of shit. You know, if you don't like the way the youth are going, which I don't right now, right. guess what? I'm going to start by making my kids my kid. accountable. They're going to say thank you. They're going to say yes. please. They're going to say I appreciate it. And they'll life. do the same thing with their kids. Yeah. So if each of my kids have two kids, that's four kids. So that's four grandkids that aren't total pieces of shit, <laughs> plus my two kids. I've just been responsible for six human beings that are decent human beings. Right. Now, if you can do your part across the street, now we got 12. Right. And if everyone does their part, we can really change the world. But it starts with you. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and that's with everything, anything in your life that you want to make these big changes. It starts by the little ones and it always starts with you. You want to lose weight. Perfect. Start with you. Yeah. Start with you. Put the fucking fork but down. But there's a certain crowd out there that just wants to push these big, big issues that they're never going to get solved. No, because they don't want you to talk about the real issues. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, you want to play a game? We're an hour and 40 into this. Yeah, it's going to be 1 o'clock in the morning because <laughs> okay. we decided to have a two-hour podcast before we did the two-hour podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Uh, this is a would you rather game. Would you rather? Would you rather? All right. Would you rather see 10 minutes into the future or five years into the future? Ooh. I think I'm t- I'm taking five years. I don't like that. I'll tell you why. Because you may see your death. I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'm like, give me ten minutes so I I, I know if like you know. I'll take five years because here's the thing. Let's say I see five years into the future and everything's going great. It makes me realize almost like that uh, the Shia LaBeouf quote going around. Okay. You know, in the end, it's all going to be okay. And if it's not okay, then it's it. not the end. Okay. That's how I feel. If I can see five years into the future and everything's going well, I'll be like, okay. That's going to motivate me. Or if I see five years into the future and I see everything's gone to shit, I go, okay, (laughs) I'm going to enjoy tomorrow because clearly this fucking ends. And maybe, just maybe, by continuing to enjoy each day and making it the best one because I'm expecting it to end, I rewrite my future. Bingo. Wow. 
Think about that, homeboy. Don't try to prevent the future. That's how you usually create it. I love it. I love it. All right, next one. Would you rather have telekinesis, which is moving things with your mm-hmm. mind, or telepathy, which is being able to read minds? I'm going to go with uh, telekinesis. I would too. Because I barely want to hear people's real voice. The last thing I want to <laughs> fucking hear is their inner voice. I like the idea of like if someone's bugging me, I can like you know drop a rock on their head yeah. or something like that. Or just control their mouth to shut up. Yeah, exactly. You know? Or if they make like that little like, you know, puss face where they're all upset at you, it's like, I'll just put a fucking smile on you. How about that? Mm, I'll move the little fucking muscles. <laughs> like, I don't want to smile. All right. Would you rather be a teammate of Superman or Batman? In other words, would you rather, would you rather be Robin or like Superboy? I mean, when you say it like that. <laughs> uh, See, I'm going with Batman. Yeah, oh, Superman's taking on too many big, big people. I don't think I could help. Here's why I'm that. picking. Here's why I'm going to pick Batman. Okay. The room and board is way better. <laughs> okay, well, with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then, the fucking you know the, the light shines in the sky, and I'm right. like, fuck, gotta go to work. And you gotta but, put on that stupid outfit too. That's all right though. But yeah. fucking uh. You know, what was Superman's... Clark Kent. Clark Kent doesn't have money. He has an apartment. Yeah, but you know he can, like, go, you know... No, 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 because he's not going to, because like Superboy... The Superman, Bank of Greece or no, Bank of Turkey and, you know, Superman, rob Superman is clean cut, cookie cutter. I'm here to save the day. Fuck off. Batman's dark. <laughs> you know, with Batman, there's going to be, like, models around. That's what I'm there's thinking, There's going to be too. champagne. Yeah. There's going to be some good times. Nas might come through for a party. <laughs> like, Batman... Bruce Wayne can get Nas to perform at your birthday party. That's true. I'm going Bruce Wayne because of the perks. All right. I'm with you only because I don't want the headache of having to put on that outfit like, and, and having to fly with that or, or something like that. I, I'd rather just kind of hang with Bruce Wayne. And, yeah. The give and take with that, though, is you know Bruce Wayne isn't a superhuman. That's what I'm so saying. He's could, not a superhuman. You could die working with him. That is true. Superman can save you. He could be like, yeah. help me, Superman. He'll be there. He's faster than a speeding bullet. Right. And so he, he stops can get the bullets. There. Yeah, he can do a bunch of shit. Batman's going to eat them. Batman, you're like, oh, shit. The suit didn't work on me. <laughs> All right, big guy. This is the best question. I love this. Would you rather stay married or win the lottery? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather stay married. Wow. That's yeah. pretty good. I like that. I, I just think that the idea of having a long, successful marriage and the family atmosphere, and I, I like to me, if I can die still being married to my wife and my kids always have That's a hell of an accomplishment. To me, yeah. that's, that's harder than winning the lottery. Yes, Because that is. took work. That is true. But the money. Fuck the money, man. You know what happens as soon as I win the lottery? <laughs> Steph will divorce me and she takes half of it. So what's the fucking point? <laughs> Wow. Like <laughs> that. Like that. Stay we married. We are nothing dude. if not honest. Okay. Stay married. Keep your money. Would you rather be in jail for a year or a coma for five years? Ooh. There you go. That's dark. I'm going to say jail for a year. Okay. Uh, I think I can politic my way. Okay. You know, we can. I can figure it out. Yeah. Um, try to survive. Right. Uh, I can hit the gym. Uh, and then come out and not write the a, worst. Not the worst. And then I can come out. You and deal with the food. You know. You, what kind of jail? 
There's levels. I guess so, yeah. There's federal prison where you're dealing with like the psycho next door to you. And then there's like county jail, which is like the, the drunk tank is next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's like state prison. And then there's stadies, which is some serious boys in there. State prison's a little scary. It, it, it would be a little scary. Like, state prison's scary. I know. It's like, you're going in there for a year. Here's your bunkmate. He's like, this guy's got a 147-year sentence. I have a literal very good friend of mine that's in state prison right now. He's been in there for four and a half years. How He's getting longer? out in May. Jesus Christ. You going to go pick him up? No, I'm not going to pick him up, but uh, I, I, I'll off offline, I'll tell you all about this, dude. Can we get him on the podcast? Sure, I, I, I'm, you know, he would have to be under an assumed name, because I, you know, I'll try. I think, I know. I think we've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a hint. Music. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking wild. It was. Jesus. Christ. It is. I should say. All right. Would you rather lose your sight or lose your memories? Mm. That's fucking deep, Nicole. I'll tell you right now. I've had a very good life. I'd rather lose my sight. I think I'm with you on that. I really, you know, as I'm getting older and older in life, I th- I really, really love the memories that I've built in my life. Because at least if I lose my sight, I can sit down and talk to the kids and the grandkids about my stories and I can relive them and imagine yeah. them. Because they happened. They were real. That's a really good point. I, I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah. All right. Ooh, that was a deep one. That's tough. Thank you, brother. Uh, would you rather have universal respect or universal power? <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great comes responsibility. responsibility. With the respect, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the fucking <laughs> scarface. <sighs> it's accurate though. I'm gonna go with the universal respect. Okay, I think I'm with you on that too because there's a certain pride you get from the right kind of respect. Well, if you have the respect, people will act accordingly. Yeah. If you have the power, someone's gonna try to take it from you. Right. Or you could be kind of thought of as a real piece of crap yeah you know all right would you rather give up air conditioning and heat or the internet for life internet see you later i'm the same way fuck off see you later instagram i don't got a google shit i mean encyclopedia (laughs) botanica old school i don't need it i remember a time without it fuck off ac and heat all the way baby fuck off give me some old school playboys and we're good to go I'll just bounce it up and down a little bit to give it the old POV that I'm used to. Yeah, see you later, Internet. When you've lived without that, you know, it's true. You could totally live. I'll go right back to 1996. 1996. Follow me. Great time in life. Absolutely. But heat and air? Fuck that. Yeah. That's okay. comfort. All right. So do you think like some? I'm not. I'm not looking anything up on Google if I'm sweating my balls off in the house. Okay. Fair enough. But what about the like let's say the 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 millennial age the the gen z age. so you're talking about when you say internet like i'm losing netflix like all yeah, the losing, fuck yeah. it gone see you later what, but what about the kids that have only grown up with that fuck them they're spoiled no, no, they would, need to suffer would, how would they answer that question i think they're going to get i think they're going to keep the internet and they're going to the get end. rid of heat and air <laughs> wow. until they're until they're melting right or until like wow. they have to like start burning all their stuffed animals to stay warm in the winter. <laughs> got it's it. It's like, hey, at least you got your fucking switch, right? At least you can play mm-hmm. Mario. Right. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, would you rather labor in the hot sun or the extreme cold? Ooh, that's a good one. Extreme cold. You could deal with the extreme cold. I hate yeah. the cold. Here's the thing. You can always add more layers. Okay. There's only so much you can take <laughs> right. off. Right. Sooner or later, you're down to your Eventually, skips. you're naked and you're like, I'm hot. But you can put up and you can put on enough hoodies where it'd be like, right. man, I'm toasty in here. I might have to take something off. Yeah. 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 I got That's it. That's where I'm at. 
you start thinking like the Shawshank Redemption where those boys are up on the uh, the roof Woo! laying down tar in the hot. Uh... I feel a man deserves some suds after a good day works. Makes yep. a man feel like a man. Andrew. Fuck yeah. All right. Mr. Dufresne. Would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Chef. Me too. I'll although, fucking clean up eventually. Maid is pretty cool. Maid is good, but then I got to fucking cook. That's I'd rather true. have a chef. And I'm like, yo, here's my macros. Keep me within these numbers and make it yummy. Right. And, you know, I'll be in the laundry doing my laundry. Yeah. You just make my meal. Yeah. If you're making my meals, I can do the other <laughs> right. shit. Okay. Would you rather be seven feet tall or five feet tall? It's an easy one. Seven foot tall. Seven foot tall is tough. Why would you want to be five feet tall? I, at least you kind of get around in life. You can get in a car. I mean, no opportunities. That kind of thing. You have no opportunities. Um, at seven feet tall. There's a bunch of guys that have killed it in the world at five feet tall. Napoleon? Seven feet is tough. Seven feet, you're going to get something. You think so? Yeah, I'm going seven feet all okay. day. I think it would be a pain in the ass to be seven feet tall. It's a hundred. It's your gonna back be a pain, sucks. It's going to be a pain in the ass being five feet tall. Yeah, but your back is in bad shape. a fucking 12-year-old like... slaps you in the face because they're smaller than you. You're, you're smaller than them. <laughs> okay. Could be a jockey. All right. I don't want to be a fucking jockey. Would you rather be royalty 1,000 years ago mm. or the average person today? Royalty. I'm thinking you get, you bust out a harem a thousand years ago. You're banging all day yeah. long. Yeah. Wow. But here's the thing. If I was royalty, would you say a thousand years ago? Yeah. So what was this? Uh, 2020. All right. Let's say 500 years ago. I'm dead. Okay. They're only living to like 31, That's 32. true. So I'd be dead. That's true. So no that matter, kind of changes my plan. No matter what royalty you are. Yeah. yeah. But if I had to choose and I could be alive, I would choose royalty back then. Oh, that's interesting. The average okay. person back, the average person today is a pretty sad life. Oh, they? Yeah. But they have they have good things, man. Like what? I, I'm just saying you have your phone, you have your all, all sorts of like, you None can of those fly things are anywhere. Real. No, so you could what? Do, your house is air conditioned. Back then, that's there was only, no air conditioning. That's only cool because you knew you could fly back then. Back then, they didn't know they could fly. This was their earth. This was their planet. This was their kingdom. <laughs> this okay. is my kingdom. I get hot. I'm going average person Mates, fan your royal chop, highness. Chop, chop. You know, <laughs> fan me. So you'd rather be like Pharaoh or something like that. Serious harem action. No, I'm picturing like like British royalty. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I'm like like I'm Oliver Castle Cromwell somewhere or eating, something like that. I get eating it. grapes. And You're shit. King Henry the Eighth. Yeah. You don't like what your wife says. She have her off. Oh, and I would be like they would love me because back then gout was a sign of prosperity. So they would be like this all over this you. fat bastard is loaded. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, flare up of the gout." And it's really it's like, "Oh shit, I had a soda yesterday and it really got me." But they'd be like, "He's a rich man." <laughs> all right. Are you hanging at the pool or are you hanging at the beach? Ooh, I'm a pool guy, me dude. Too. I hate the fucking yeah, sand I like the up pool. my ass. I mean, I I like I the waves. I love the beach. I love, I love the, waves, the beach. But- Man, give me a point. Here, here's the thing. For example, so when I go to Costa Rica and we yeah. go to places like that, I always make it a point to spend one day on the beach. Like obviously, like I'll go to that's the beach to like take. eat and shit. Yeah. But I'll take one day on yeah. the beach. I'm with the pool. You. I'm there all day, every day, baby. Absolutely. Especially if it's got a swim up bar, uh, Rapskis. Beautiful. Not beautiful. going anywhere. I don't even gotta get up to use the bathroom. People right smell here. really good from the. Uh, oh man, it's good peeing right here. <laughs> Water's warm by me. <laughs> Let's go. Ultra round of cervezas, por favor. And now that you're the king, I mean, you're awesome. Yeah, now I'm on the king. I'm gouted. I'm at the swim-up bar. I'm loving life. Bingo. Would you rather wear the same socks or the same underwear for a month? Oh, for a month? Yeah. Uh, ooh, that's tough. I'm going to go with 
this is going to sound weird, but I'm going with the underwear. Because the socks really start stinking after question. a while. Do I have to wear the underwear the same way? No, you're, you're just wearing the same underwear every day. You, then I'm going underwear. Okay. Because you can wear them forwards, backwards, backwards. flip them inside out, and reverse. <laughs> There's a so, four-in-one yeah, thing there. You got four clean surfaces for four days. Uh-huh. But by the, you know, by the second I guess the question is, is when socks get stank or does underwear get stank fast? The worst you know? part is when, like, when you ate like some bad food and you're farting all day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the back part becomes the front oh. part the next day. Oh, fucking skid Now you're marks. in trouble. Skid oh, marks, skid too. marks rubbing on your Forget feckle. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, babe. It's, okay. <laughs> I'm picking underwear. Okay. I'm going with that. Then. Uh, would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house? Forest. I'm going with the haunted house. I don't. I don't really have a problem with ghosts. Fuck that. I'm going in the yeah, forest. Yeah. <laughs> if I hear a bear, I know it's a bear. Okay. If I hear it, like I know it. But is. it's I a hear week that in the forest. Well, I, mean, I was listening to Rogan, and um, I'd go with the night. One of the comedians was talking about that. He's like, you know, everyone loves camping, and camping's great. He goes until the sun goes down. <laughs> oh yeah, it sucks. And now you hear like, ooh, he's like, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck? What was that? Yeah, because. You know something's there. The fire's out. Yeah, you it's know about something's two in the walking. morning at this point, yeah. and something's fucking walking yeah. around. I'm not. You said how long in the forest? One week in the forest, or one yeah, night yeah, yeah. I'm in a week. real I'm haunted week. house. I'm, I'm not doing the fucking haunted house. No, I'm, I'm going to the haunted house. I don't give a shit. I'm not I making have, it out. I'm running out. I don't have a problem with ghosts. I'm a pussy with that shit, dude. Like my whole thing with ghosts is this: it's like, why are they always bad to people? I mean, I know I mean, my dad's dead, and I'm sure they're not. No, but I'm just bad. saying, it's like. My dad would kick the shit out of any ghost that was bothering me. Well, it's not always that they're bad. They're just spirits that, you know, haven't crossed over. Okay. But even with that said, I don't want to fuck with it. <laughs> like, for me, it's like, you're not supposed to be here. I get it. And now you are. And that makes me question my whole reality. Yeah. And it scares me. All right. Whereas with the bear, it's like, you're right. I'm not supposed to be here. Right. I'm in your and you're world. annoyed. You're right. So I'm going to go hide in this tree. Speaking of bear, there's a movie coming out called But you're there for bear. a week. Stuff. Do, bro. I'd All fucking right. be like Arnold in Predator. I'd cover myself in mud and just hide out. Nah, I'd be like, give me fucking nine hours. I'll fucking sleep through it. I'm Fuck done. You, you know. Instead of night, it could be 12 hours. All right. Even still, I don't have a problem with ghosts. All right. Big question time, my friend. We're at an hour and 52 yeah, minutes let's here. Let's go because I'm about to explode. My okay. bladder's hurting. Nice. Give me the three, and this is not counting a wedding ring. Give me the three or two best things you have ever bought. My house. That's a big one. That's a good one. Yeah. In part because it's got all the things I've always wanted. Um, very like vain things. Like, you know, it's got all my kids. My kids each have their own room. We have a spare room. Um, we put a red door on it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's got an in-ground pool. It's got a great. So for me, it's just like I'm, I'm proud yeah. of that house. That's a big thing. It's a big purchase. Um, and, you know, I got, we had some guy. This was actually a pretty cool moment in my life. We had, uh, we had a locksmith come over. Mm-hmm. We got all brand new doors and right. i'm like i don't need eight keys Can yeah just kind of simplify this doing the whole nest thing to yeah so the, the guy's ring. walking through and he's doing everything and he goes hey well we had security cameras installed big okay. one uh he's like hey can i ask you a question if, if you don't mind i was like sure he goes what do you do for a living and when i heard that i was like oh shit yeah i'm like this must look pretty good damn right like, this guy's like what the fuck do you do for a living and right. he's like he goes you look pretty young i was like well thanks i'm 37 <laughs> he's like i, I thought you were younger anymore. i was like i drink water and don't stress right. but i was like oh you know i i, I work for the state and i i have a jujitsu academy and my right. wife has her own business 
He goes, wow. He goes, yeah. He goes, nah. He goes, how long have you guys worked here? How long, how long have you guys been living here? I was like, oh, like six months. Right. He's like, yeah, I've done a lot of work. I'm like, yeah. And we have. That's it just beautiful. It made me feel good. Um, so that's purchase number one. The truck. That's nice. Yeah. That's cool. And it's not because it's a cool truck. It's what it represents. Right, right. I always told people I want to get to the point where I have to buy a truck and you know my business will will pay for it right because i'll need it like i need to transport things in that thing all the time for the school people don't realize how much stuff the school needs geese mats mat cleaner heavy right. shit all the time so when covid happened and i thought we were losing the school i would take benny uh every wednesday he would come with me and then i would take him to a car dealership because he loved like at the time he was really big into like the disney the pixar yeah, movie sure, cars sure. And we would drive to like, man, we would drive to dealerships in Old Bridge, North mm. Jersey, just to kill the time. And I'd always make them look at the truck. And I'd be like, you know, daddy's going to get a truck for the school one day. Daddy's going to get a truck for the school one day. And because right before we shut down for COVID, literally like the month before, I'd gone to a Ford dealership and I I, I picked out a Ford Raptor. This was like around May 2020, this was April February 2020. 2020. February, wow. Because we shut down March 15th. Okay. Um, and I told the guy, I was like, listen, I'll be back in the summer because uh, I wanted to get it for Benny's birthday. Uh, and they're like, oh, this is Benny's truck. So I would tell him, like, you know, one day I'm, I'm going to get a truck. We're going to get a truck. And it's going to be a cool truck. And it's yeah, going to be yeah, this yeah. guy. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to sit in the back. And I just wanted to keep that belief alive because to me it wasn't just a truck that truck symbolized that the school survived and was thriving right, right, right. so that truck became so much more than just a fucking truck for me right, right, it, right. it it showed me that we're doing okay and that's we beautiful. survived that's awesome so when i actually got the truck it was like damn we're okay we're right yeah yeah we should have been gone so it, the truck is definitely number two is there something like more like is there something more inexpensive like like for instance my i remember when i uh so you're I, talking about a, a less expensive purchase yeah like yep, I, I got one i remember when i bought my dog like i i felt like i saved purchase. his life because he well, was then he, you should have gone to a it's 400 bucks and yeah, you should have gone to a shelter and i can't pookie needs a uh a hypoallergenic dog and they don't have that type here is a uh, purchase number three. Now, because you said like not my engagement ring, right? That's what I'm saying. Like nothing. Like purchase that. number three. I'm going to say. Let me think about this because I know I'm going to leave here and be like, oh shit, I forgot about that. This was a Christmas present. Okay. I bought my wife and I bought my father-in-law, um, and it wasn't an expensive gift, but it, you know, it wasn't cheap. But it wasn't you know, I didn't spend thousands of dollars. Right, on right, it. right. Um, we bought him a. A wooden box. It was a beautiful box, display box, with a replica of each of the Pittsburgh Steelers Super oh. Bowl rings. Wow, that's very cool. And they were thick. Six of them? And, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, five of them. Five of them. Five of them. Oh, that's right. There's only one team that has six. Yeah, the, uh, the Patriots. Um, <laughs> or I should say Tom Brady. Right. He's got seven because he left and won another one. I know. I, know <laughs> I did know that. Um, he might be coming back. I think he's going to the Giants. But anyway, no, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, his happiness when he saw that. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. And he took that box everywhere with him for that's a week. That's fantastic. And I was like, look at what my son-in-law got me. Look what my daughter got that's me. Beautiful. He would put them on and he'd show them off. And I was like, holy shit. I thought it was a cool gift, but he loved he it. He loved it. Uh, and now I have them. When he passed away, I told Pat, I was like, I want, I want those back. Yeah. So now we have it with a picture of him. And uh, he loved 
going to Monmouth Racetrack and watching the ponies and betting and losing money on the ponies. So I have my bottle of uh, Blanton's bourbon next to his picture in the I ring. So it's you. like, here's the ponies, here's your Steelers. Beautiful. Have a good time. I'll tell you, there was one. There was one uh, that I also when I when I wrote that question, it's like I, I remembered this. I remember buying. I I going into my I guess my freshman year of college that summer. I had broken my nose. I had a, uh, some dude threw a basketball and I turned my head and it popped me right in the nose. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, man. But at any rate, that summer, I remember buying a Snickers bar around a month and a half into my convalescence and I suddenly tasted it. Oh. You want to talk about like, holy shit. It's like, Fuck, this is I good. suddenly, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm like fucking like, yeah orgasming eating that motherfucker yeah. oh i i fucking i get it as i'm sure any of our listeners that had covid understand when you lost the sense yeah. of taste and it came back that was the best 25 cents i had ever spent on a candy bar in my life i like that big question that was a good one yeah i'm glad you liked it all right we're at the two hour mark roy it's 1 a.m let us say shalom shalom mazel right. see you guys next week bye-bye